Recording is on. Live streaming is taking place. I just went up and visited the Dan Duran Studios in my kitchen. It's quite something. Mm. I redesign it for my purposes and then return it to its original position. It's pretty cool. For the most part. No, yo, it's pretty cool up there, actually. It's, uh, I'd never seen what he does to the, the kitchen island, but he turns it into quite the broadcast center. Mm-hmm. Is there any way you can turn that around so that people can see that? I guess there's no way without uh, you having to unplug something. Yeah, that's, that's okay. Maybe next time you should just take a shot of it, and right. I'll and I'll post it to our Facebooks. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what your setup looks like, Fred. Yeah. Like, I don't know where you are. Like, I know you're vaguely... Are you in your basement? Like, the place where your entertainment center and such such is? Uh, yeah, I'm in a little nook in the, the famous uh, dining room table uh, that we began the show on at the studio has been moved into this position. And um, I'm sorry, you're at the dining room table now? Mm-hmm. Hold on. Isn't that interesting? Okay, Fred's getting up right now, which you can't see. You know, until this very moment, Freddie, I had no idea. He's showing me where he is. He's got this cop. He's got some kind of... Uh, that wasn't very good. I can't pull the cords on this thing too far. But yeah, you can't pull that. You can't right pull across the- from me is my fireplace, my <laughs> you, Christmas tree, my TV right yeah. there. You can't pull the cord on your thing too far either. Yeah, my pool table right there. My bubble hockey's right there. Yeah, my bathroom is through there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Keep going. It's you know, riveting. The, the, no, the bathroom there, <laughs> eh, where I squeeze one out every so often. <laughs> what kind of squeeze are we talking about? Pulling your short cord. What is that thing you have on top of the table? What do you mean? That little blue, uh, like a mat of some kind? The purple. Uh, the purple you know thing. what that is? <laughs> it's, a, uh, it's a yoga mat. Perfect. Keeps yeah. things from moving. I get it. Elise had a couple, and I thought, oh, I'm going to grab one. That makes sense. Also, sound absorbent as well. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes. You know it's what? Worked I, well. That's it. You know, that's really the only thing that we hadn't thought of in terms of our traveling equipment is something like I. I rest the computer on a. What do you call the stand? It's a. It's to it's to keep air circulating underneath your laptop, so it doesn't. Yeah, it's a laptop heat. fan, basically, okay. with a little pedestal. But uh, so in San Miguel. I was uh, I was using one of the kids, the the guy whose place I stayed at had a couple of young daughters. They weren't there, and uh, I found one of their I don't know what is a puzzle box. So I was I had, I had something to put the computer on. Anyway. Hey, whatever works, Howard. Anyway, well, while we're here, this is the uh, last. Uh, Show of the second last week of twenty hundred and twenty two. And there's a storm advisory. Well, that's it. I was going to say when Dan used to do the weather on the show, this would have been a huge day for him. Oh, yeah. This would be a day where, you know, you're checking all the uh, buses to see if they're running, if the buses have been canceled or not. It's snow day. Yeah, it's funny yeah. you brought that up, Fred. Funny, interesting, coincidentally, coincidentally, because I wanted to ask Dan Duran about his time. As a weatherman, were days like this, where the red ribbon of doom goes across the Weather Network site, where these at all of the sites really? Well, yeah. So was this an yeah, yeah? So was this an exciting day? 
in the weather world or you're like oh god no oh, i have no, to actually exciting, do shit sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's like i gotta do more shit yeah. now i gotta do more shit yeah no no it was because it it, it it like every time something new came through I mean, a, a weather system from the West, a cold front coming through. And then it was like, okay, well, it's going to be kind of interesting. What's going to happen today? How is yeah. this going to affect everybody? Oh, Howard, a weatherman? Any day where two systems collide? Oh, oh my God, it's over the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give you a warm one. Mm. You know, you, Dan hops out of bed on a, a, a weather advisory day and this music follows him around. It's going to be a great day. Um, I do have a question for you. Now, um, if you don't know, it's fine. Because today on the Weather Network, Weather Network, it says weather advisory. Yes. Is that a level? Is there a level above weather advisory? An advisory is an advisory, but uh, there's statement. And then there's ah, that's so right. a weather statement's the lowest one. And then a warning's the highest one. Mm-hmm. So it goes uh, weather, a special statement, weather advisory, weather warning. No, the advisory is all of them, I believe. Okay, sorry. It covers the blanket. This says alerts in effect. Yeah. And there's alerts. one there if they get it wrong. They can say, well, it was just uh, an advisory. It wasn't uh, an alert or it wasn't a warning. And it's a tough call. Who knows? You know, wind shifts and next thing you know. How often have we been in that situation? Oh, we're expecting two feet of snow and you get two inches. Mm-hmm. There's a weather statement. <laughs> What's that, Dan? There's a weather statement. And then there's a watch. I just remembered. There's okay. a watch and then a warning. A watch is in the middle. So a weather watch and then a weather warning. And they are all alerts under the category of alerts. I like that. I'm just bummed because uh, Johnny uh, Slapshot has a a select game in uh, Orangeville tonight, and it looks like it may be be called off. Johnny's got a road game? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen, though, based on what I've seen. You know, I did this once when your kids were little. You wouldn't remember. I just came to one of their events. It happened to be Mel's christmas concert or something like that I said, I, they couldn't have been more than johnny's age mm-hmm. but one day after the show i said what are you doing you said oh, mel's got a thing okay. at her school and i said can i come I, I didn't even have kids at the time i just was curious to see what that was like and knowing her only for a little while I, one saturday if you said hey johnny's got a game someplace i would come and watch that well i'll let you know mm-hmm uh, that's uh, he'd like that too. He likes an audience. Motorists should expect hazardous winter driving conditions and adjust travel plans accordingly. And I was doing some stuff here last night in the late afternoon, and I was talking to my youngest, who right now between you know film work is working as a personal assistant for a actress doesn't matter who she is but the actress is going to be on a set starting in january and february and spencer's going to be on the set with her uh, with them so does to, the actress have a nice set uh, i'm not allowed to say fred oh. i think you know what i think that's uh inappropriate <laughs> but let me let me let, let me look it up anyway that's the point of this is because of this alert i'm getting to this that spencer and Dan and I were just talking about this before the show. Mm-hmm. Spencer has whatever G license 
that allows you to drive just like a regular driver, but not on the highways or the 400 series, not on the Gardner, just on city roads. Right. So Spencer has been, has been doing a lot of driving the last couple months. And the last time I drove with Spencer, you know, I just get nervous because they don't seem to understand how to keep the vehicle in between the lanes and they always shade to the right. And it's unnerving when you're in the passenger seat. And I asked her mother last night, I said, is they still doing that? Oh, yeah. They they don't seem to be able to. But but they do a lot of driving around the city. They both do that? No, no. Randy was saying that Spencer still does sort of shades more to the right. And eventually that goes away. I mean, Dan Dan nailed it. You said they do. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. But Dan, Dan was right. He said, well, you know, it's that sort of fear of. On of the cars coming towards you on your side, so you naturally. I hope that goes away because other than that, Spencer is a pretty good driver. But the point I'm making is, I sent a big long note to her yesterday, them yesterday, saying, "You know what, dude? I don't know if you need to be driving tomorrow. You know, you're early in your driving experience, and you know, the kind of day it's going to be: freezing rain, ice." then turning to snow that's almost the worst time to be driving especially in the city most assuredly and to spencer's credit sent me a note an hour later saying i've changed my whole day and i don't have to do any of those things i didn't know spencer had a vehicle oh (laughs) funny (laughs) funny funny wait wait till you hear this so spencer's mother who now lives right in the city and doesn't need her car very much. Oh. Lends uh, Spenny the Randy Mobile. Oh, how convenient. That's oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But Spencer has asked a couple times, hey, Daddy, what about the Tesla? I'm like, nope. <laughs> no, sir. Well, you can't. You couldn't anyway. <laughs> Not until I put my insurance on it. Oh, okay, yeah. Because you got to read that fine print. Well, no, but once, because right now, EV Net, I'm on EV Net's insurance as a, another driver. But once, you know, I get the one that I'm going to keep for the longest time, I'm going to put my insurance on it. And then mm-hmm. they're still not going to be able to drive it. Although I said to Danny that, you know, it, it might be good for her, them to uh, be in it because uh, it shows you where you are in the lane. Through electronics and yeah. camera monitor. I remember the day when you didn't need that. You just knew you were in the lane. Okay. <laughs> right? I know. Crazy. You know, what? this whole G thing, too, I totally understand it. Because, you know, when I first got my license, the 401 across the top of the city, I think, may have been six lanes, three each way. So you got your license. You got your license. You could drive anywhere. But, you know, adapting to a, a highway wasn't the, as complex as it is now. I totally understand that system. Then until you're comfortable, you know, with 12 lanes and maniacs on the road, you should be with a, a licensed driver until you've got a handle on that or a feel for that. But let me ask you this, Mr. Patterbaum. When you were when you were fifteen, because Alberta, Dan and I were talking about this. Alberta was right. different. You could get a license, you could get your learners at fifteen or fourteen. 14, but yeah. where we were in the country, Saskatchewan, Ontario, you could get a learner's license at fifteen, and I could drive with a licensed driver. But 
like I don't sort of spend I thought Spencer's G version was basically a learner's permit that allowed you to drive. I didn't realize you could have passengers in the car with you. Well, I what you're asking me, I, I really don't know how it works nowadays. You know, in Ontario, well, I, I, you, you, you hit 16, you got your learner's permit for three months. But any time within that three months, you could go get your license, your your full license. Who's uh, Is that your dang, Freddie, or is that Dan's yeah, dang? Mine. Okay. my wife doing Wordle and alerting me that she got it in three. <laughs> okay. oh, um, it in three. Go ahead, Dan. What were you going to say? <laughs> well, the way it is now is that like, like Spencer would have her G2. Okay, because Colton went through all of this as well. And so the first the first thing you do is you get your G one, and then you can uh, sit there and, and learn how to drive. And the the fastest you can get it is is I think in eight months if you take a driving. That's course. what Spencer did, yeah. And then so that's as quickly as you could get it. So you could be driving at the end of your first year of sixteen as soon as you got your your uh, G one, and then your G two. Uh, you I think I think you have five years to uh, to upgrade it to your full G. But you can't drive on the highways, and I think there's a uh, is, there, is there nighttime driving that I don't know restriction or something. Um, wait, back to what you were saying, Freddie. You mean here in Ontario, you got your license at 16, and you couldn't get your full license for three more months? No, no. Here's the thing, and it, you know, you talk about terminology. When I got my license, the learner's permit was called your 90 day. Oh, I'm going to go get my 90 day. But you, you had to get your 90 day, but any time within that 90 days, you could go and get your license. You could have it for two days. Oh, I see. It was just this formality thing. And then that became your 365. They extended it from 90 days to a year. And then people used to say, oh, I got my 365. Because it had um, been extended. Because if it had been extended to for six months, they would have said, I got my 120. 80. <laughs> my 180. <laughs> my 180. My 182, but two and a half. I got my 182 and a half. See, in Saskatchewan, and we've had this conversation, but part of it, they wanted to get these kids licensed as fast. So I had a learners at 15, drove with my brothers and anyone else that had a license. On the, on the day I turned 16, I got my license. Yeah, me too. Um, any, how's, I know you're looking no, at I mean, dolls. I didn't get mine until no, I was 18. I know you're looking at dolls wordle. No, I'm not. How'd she do? Oh, I, I, I can't tell you exactly. Okay. Three, I think, but no, I was looking at, I just got another picture of my son's dog that I'll have to send along to you. It popped. Dougie. You know, and you make a good point about when, you know, even when I moved here 33 years ago, traffic on the 401 and the, all, all the 400 series traffic was, was big city traffic, but not like it is now. You know, I was talking to Fred yesterday. I had Fred. I, was, I left the Heartland Town Center. And I drove to St. Clair and whatever, Bathurst, at two-something in the afternoon. And our entire conversation, because I looked when we said goodbye, was 48 minutes. That's how long it took me to drive there. And then I dropped some stuff off at Charlie's. And it took me another 45 minutes to drive home. You know, that it never used to be quite that. I know we've had this conversation, too. But the reason I'm bringing it up now is on a day like this, those numbers are just... You you might as well stay at home. Wacky, yeah. Um, let me give you some perspective on this, as far as highways and uh, byways and time and distances. Uh, in the year of our Lord, seventy-two. Uh, no, seventy-three, seventy-four, nineteen seventy-three, nineteen seventy-four. I lived in Scarborough with my parents. 
And my dad worked for Loblaws uh, Grossiterias. He had nothing to do with the greedflation that's going on right now. Oh, really? How convenient. (laughs) How convenient that he passed away with his secrets. (laughs) So they moved the warehouse from just uh, around the exhibition out to Mississauga Road Mm. and the 401. So all of a sudden now he had to drive from Scarborough to Mississauga every day along the 401. And then I worked there for a couple of summers. Did you know driving out there, the only consideration was time, not traffic? Right. You didn't. You, we drove. We had to be there by 730 in the morning. You know, I'll drive up Kennedy Road, get on the 401. Traffic was not the issue. It was uh, now it takes me 45 minutes. <laughs> Like, in the early 70s, there was virtually in the morning, no gridlock, no backed-up traffic. So, say that again. Kennedy and the 401 in Scarborough to Mississauga? Mississauga Road and and 401. It was about a 45-minute journey. But it was a 45-minute journey. Based on the distance, yeah. Yeah, there was no no gridlock. What do you think it would take now? Oh, fuck, who knows? That's that's 50 years ago. What's that, Danny? That's a time of day thing, right? I mean, the so, distance is still the same. It's still a 45-minute, you know, whatever that is, 38-kilometer trip. Yeah, with no traffic. It hasn't changed, right? It's the same distance. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, nothing has shifted. Oh, yes, that has. The Earth. <laughs> the Earth. <laughs> I realize that. Look at the wind, Dan. Look at the wind. I know. It oh, sounds angry. Oh, all right. Well, listen, uh, great uh, weather talk to start the uh, pre-show. Uh, let's Howard, you had a little uh, daughter story um, after uh, we opened the show. I got a little daughter story here as well. Okay, because we remember we had story. talked a couple days ago about how we were going to get to the sponsors. We, we did that for like one half a day. No. I I wrote it down right here. Starting Monday, we got to do. Yeah, we got to get to the because uh, this has been cute and everything. Calling it the pre-show that goes on for eighty minutes, but no. uh, we need to get our sponsor mentions. You know, right off the top. As soon as you hit yes. the podcast, you got to hear about the people that support this venture. <laughs> this episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred Studios in Trendy, Toronto, and from a Brampton Bark Factory basement studio, and is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, Aaron Ventures, EVNet.ca, and Kelsey's Canada's Original Roadhouse since 1978. And now, here are two men who can't wait to sit down with a cup of hot chocolate in the light of the Christmas tree, watching the joy of the Hallmark Christmas movie formulas. It's Humble and Fred. I'm surprised Dan Duran has not done more Hallmark Christmas movies, because you're just, you exude warmth and fuzziness. I'm not the, at the level of B-movie star, though. In order to no, but they, those movies need news. What letter are you? <laughs> yeah. Come on. There's no, got to be a reporter me. role, and Santa has been seen at the mall. What would you be, E, F, something in that area? Oh, deeper than that, I'm sure, in the alphabet. No, dude. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the uh, hot chocolate, no, no, I can't drink hot chocolate. It makes me feel queasy. Oh, does it? Too much, mm. Too much for me. Does it? Yeah. Does it upset your tender it, stomach? I feel like crap after. Yeah. Hot chocolate's always overrated. I only yeah. liked it when you could I drink agree. It really is. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's great at the beginning. Oh, we're having hot chocolate and marshmallows. Isn't this wonderful? Then halfway through, you're like, oh, it's tedious. Does Doll like hot chocolate? I bet you she does. 
Uh, yeah, she used to like the Starbucks hot chocolate. Mm. I remember getting it at the hockey rink, but they used to make it with water instead of milk, and it was like, what the hell is this? That turned me off a bit. Did it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but again, it's like, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. Maybe you should try the hot chocolate with the milk replacements. Nah. You know, there was a time when I used to like those flavored coffees, the French vanilla, Tim Horton stuff, but... Then I graduated to the, what's the drink, what's the alcohol you drink with coffee? No, I was going to say Tia Maria. Irish coffee? Irish cream. But Tia Maria works oh, that, too. I, oh, I hate that. Ugh. I'll drink that, you know, or eggnog with some booze in it. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. You know? Eggnog. Oh, that, now that is, to me, that's at the top of the puke list. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's what, it, it, it looks like somebody puked and they sweetened it. Yeah. Well, I love the taste of it. It's one of those things. I love it in my mouth, but once I swallow it, I feel like shit and eggnog. Well, what else? Tell me more things that <laughs> that you that you could describe similarly. Why do you always have to go there? Why do you always have to go there? You know what Fred loves in his mouth, but hates the taste of it. Uh, t- listen, let's not get too far down that because it's a family show. And uh, we got to get all we're doing today. Dan will uh, not be doing the news, but I will present the uh, Florida man has sex with a golden doodle story. Also, Brett Tanner will be here. This is going to be, I think, an interesting conversation considering all that's gone on here on the show the last month in terms of people wondering about coverage, about travel coverage in, in general. A lot of Canadians now this time of the year, you know, leaving the country and uh, as we've said for many years, if you had ever needed a better reason to sign up for the chamber plan, the health coverage is, is second to none, especially if you're a small business like we are. And we'll uh, get into that conversation. Mm-hmm. You said you yeah. had a did you want Dan here for this sweet daughter story? Oh, no, it's not a sweet daughter story. Oh, it's, it's a, a daughter bad. story. Oh, it's and a I daughter story. It was, and it's not even my daughter. It's another. Da- You'll love this story. Well, I hope so. Do you want it now? Or are we going to do a, you know, a mention? <laughs> um, well, first, Dan, I, Dan left. He just, he just bailed. I didn't. He, he just wanted. He, he's done with he, this. He's getting like Phil. He's got no time for this. He just wants out. <laughs> Dan, Dan's so over the show now. Dan, are you over the show? <laughs> he's like Phil. <laughs> Hang on a second. Are you, uh, do you want to come say goodbye? <laughs> Dan's, oh, he's on his way to Ikea. Nah, and Dan's got, you know, Dan's got growing up shit to do now. I know. Here, we played um, some nice Todd Rundgren yesterday, later in the show, but how about some right now? Yeah. Okay, tonight, Thursday Night Football. Yes, the NFL uh, week uh, begins tonight with the San Francisco uh, Francisco 49ers at the Seattle Seahawks. Okay, the uh, Seahawks are uh, three-point underdog. Okay, minus 180 on the Niners. The over-under, 43 points. Uh, You know, getting down to the nitty-gritty with the NFL, you know what, three or four weeks left, that is it. So, uh, you know, the NFL tends to be 
the most fun league to wager on. So get in on it. Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker, casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry leading odds, world class sports book, and feature rich uh, poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book. They've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Yes, they have. Bodog. I'm glad you mentioned the Thursday night game because I so enjoyed watching the Bills last Sunday. I thought, you know, there's no golf on tonight. Tiger and his kid are playing this weekend. I'll be watching that. And now that I know there's, a, you know, a decent game, maybe I'll uh, tune in to some of the Thursday night game, 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 game. Danny. Uh, plus, the Leafs are at the Rangers tonight, so, and Mitchell Marner will be uh, going after his uh, 24th consecutive game uh, with a point. Something to watch. Let me come back to that in a second. Dan, I, I, just, I wanted to say, because uh, you're not going to see any everybody. You're done now because you're going to have to do some grown-up work. Did you want to say so long to people before oh, you left well. for the weekend? <laughs> Sorry. No, I just wanted to give you the opportunity before you, because you did go when you normally do, but I thought, oh, yeah, Dan's not coming back today. Kind of did the quiet exit, yeah. little Irish um, exit, yeah. Yeah, or whatever. The, the, the Irish exit's so different than the Jewish exit. The Jewish exit, you stand up yelling, loudly telling everyone, I'm leaving! <laughs> Watch me leave! This is me! I'm, my, my back hurts! We're leaving! That's enough! Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's a good bit. I should do that bit. Um, so, Daniel, yes, Daniel, this say so long. Everyone, there's because there's some nice emails about you and your dog. and Oh, great. All right. Well, I'll, I'll listen to that while I'm doing my other stuff. Okay. Well, it's fantastic. Dan's got uh, Peterborough Theater Guild stuff to do. Yes, it's uh, there's lots going on there. So. Mm hmm. Is there some Christmas productions over the holidays? Oh, we had our uh, we had our Christmas production. Uh, I think it wrapped up yesterday. Oh wow! Uh, yes, I think you told yes. us. What was it? Uh, oh, uh, the Little Prince. The Little Prince. Ah, yeah. the Little Prince. Oh, yeah. Well, all the kids that are in the show, we don't want to bump up too closely to Christmas mm. with all the res- Christmas responsibilities that are happening. Sure. So, so yeah. So there's so there that. you are, Peterborough, grooming all these young actors. Are you mm. grooming? <laughs> you know, like the yeah. like the Democrats are grooming children to drink their blood. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. Dan, do you have any final words before we let you go for the weekend? Well, just uh, enjoy the holiday season for what it is right now. I mean, it is starting, it's getting it's getting close, and, you know, people are getting together, and it's time to sort of enjoy it rather than the stress of the season taking over. It should be a time when, you know, you're welcoming the uh, the interaction with others. Mm. You know, you don't like people, you got to sort of go beyond that. Okay, well, that's good to know. I was saying that to the wife uh, the other day. I, I, I the little like, woman? <laughs> I say that to the little woman. I says to her, I says, I said, I know we actually had a Christmas calendar. She said, what do you mean, Freddie? And I said, remember, late, leading up to Christmas, you sort of had to have a calendar because you were going to be this place and that place. And uh, don't forget, we got to go there. And we have none of that. Now. Yeah. None. Now it's when to- people used to actually meet at a home and oh, walk yeah. in and be holding drinks and chatting and, you know, eating little Christmas oh, yeah. snacks and stuff. And nobody invites us Anywhere now, the Patterson uh, calendar is just a black marker of doom. <laughs> nobody hey. invites us anywhere, and it's just no. Right. You know, you get to a certain age, nobody invites anyone anywhere. At, uh, I know. Listen, I, every time one of my family members calls, I had a call last night with her ex-wife Randy, and and goes into what we're doing 
on Christmas Day. I was like, ah, can't we skip it this year? Like, I, I used to go crazy and decorate the house and get a tree and bring all the stuff up. But this year, we're not doing any of that. It can't be over fast enough. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's Dan going, what? What about, what about the nativity scene I wanted to use with Stan and Clifford? Oh, well, that's a good idea. Yeah, we should do. We should stage a nativity scene where uh, Stan's got to be the baby Jesus because he's Jewish, but Clifford could be the wise man. He could be the wise man. Yeah, you're right. We yeah. got to get some, uh, uh, you know, mangery kind of material. Well, we just use Any Clifford's hair. Kick it around here. No, we've, I was going to say, we'll just use Clifford's hair. <laughs> I get uh, sheds a little. Yes, I got down on the floor. I don't. I mean, you probably did this with him, Freddie. But that Clifford is such a big lumbering fucking joy ball. So I, oh yeah, I get down on the floor, like, and I curl. I I spoon with him. Mm. And just make it nice on his head, and then he just kind of takes his paw and wants me to keep going, and he'll once in a while lick your hand, and yeah, he just wants, he's, he's starving for attention, Dan, is what I'm trying to, <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> I'll go, I'll, I'll go pet him now. I grab his head, right? And yes. I put my face, like my lips sort of just between his eyes, but just above. Yes. And I just hold his head there and he would stay there for two hours if I wanted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he just doesn't, he just loves it. Yeah. Like he, he, I feel his whole body relax. It's, uh, yeah, he's a sweet boy. And Dan's got him a new, well, I was going to say new bed, but that seems like it's a different bed than he had the first couple of weeks you guys were here. Yeah, that, I've got two beds kicking around. That's that's for his back more than anything. Yeah. So now he's got this big bed where I can, it's like a large round dog bed that a couple of days ago I got on and it was very comfortable. I could have stayed there. <laughs> and no, I'm, I didn't get on by myself, you nincompoops. I got on with Clifford. And uh, yeah, he, because he's in a bit of a bad way, I want to spend a little extra time down there with him and just cuddle him and... But yeah, maybe he's just so starved for affection because his father is Germanic and cold. <laughs> okay. And ordering him around. Order. Yeah. Okay. Oi, oi. That's what he's just yelling at Clifford all day. Um, all right, Dandaroo. Uh, Dan right. will be back on Monday with the full compliment of Dandaran News. Thank you, my yes. friend. All right. See you later. All right. Okay. See you, Dan. All right. Um, let me do this then uh, while we're uh, pausing in between the stellar content <sighs> a lot of emails today and uh, you're going to do your daughter story before the emails sure okay let me just get this just throw uh, it out there throw that out there let me do this first um, now that uh, Rudra has told me that Boron is one of the elements that is used to make uh, electric vehicle batteries. I mean, I thought it was lithium, but I mean, maybe boron goes into lithium. I have no idea how most things most things work. Um, AaronVentures.com. They're mining boron. They're an emerging international junior mining and exploration company engaged in the acquisition, exploration, and development of resource properties. Aaron Ventures' strategy is to uncover and capitalize on unique development opportunities within Canada and various regions internationally. The company's objective is to increase its mineral reserves by developing, and these minerals are boron, by the way, by developing current properties and through the acquisition of additional mining projects. I can just tell you, talk to your broker. I did. The Sherpa and I, and a few others I know, uh, 
check it out. AaronVentures.com and see what they're up to. Because as the future unfolds, the need for this mineral is only going to increase. Uh, now back to you. Uh, this is uh, Krista Ford Haynes. You know who she is? Oh, yes. Krista Ford. Doug Ford's daughter. You know, since the pandemic, you know, a lot of stuff on uh, Instagram, like whack job stuff. You know, against the vaccine, spreading misinformation, a ton of it. Um, during the Freedom Convoy, Freedom Convoy, you know, a big supporter of that was against the Emergencies Act. Yes. Um, I guess at loggerheads with her daddy. In fact, she was public about that, disagreed with her dad's support for masks and the vaccine, dead against that stuff. And then during the Freedom Convoy, actually, she took part in it with her husband, a guy named David Haynes, who I think is a cop. And if you ever see a picture of this guy, why is it the usual suspects always have the same look? The big barrel chest, the beard, the baseball cap. Have you noticed that? It's 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 weird. I mean, the re- the guys that are really, really into it, right? Well, as part of it, you know, is, I know you're not asking me to stop you, but part of it is branding, and you know that. But uh, Yeah, the anyway. ulterior... No, but I mean, they all look that way yeah. because that's yeah. what they identify as. Yeah. You don't see uh, a guy in, you know, sort of a khaki pants and, a, mm-hmm. you know, uh, whatever people wear. And they're all yeah. dumb as shit because <laughs> when you ask them about f- uh, freedom, they really can't answer the question. I'm, f- I'm, not, I'm not sure if I've lost my freedoms, but I want them back. Uh, what's your point... Deep- because deep down, they're full of hatred. Hatred for the brown man. Whatever. Um, anyway, so the Fords have released their Christmas card. And this year, Krista Ford Haynes is not part of the card. She asked not to be included with the family. Yeah. Because she is so upset with daddy and feels so that so much is wrong in society right now when it comes to our freedoms that she just couldn't bring herself to be part of the Christmas card. Um, and she issued a statement along those lines. I just don't feel right. I don't feel good. Uh, you know, our freedoms are being uh, taken from us. Anyway, that's all besides the point. It's this connection I love. So I investigated, as I do. I'm you did some research? Oh, no. See, you're better than most people. Most people just do research. You investigate. <laughs> so you go to our Instagram page, and right at the top, it says, you know, um, you know, she's a, a wife, a dog lover, and I love Jesus and freedom. Of course. I love Jesus and freedom, okay? And, uh, and then a little, then below it is hashtag God wins. And below that, we all need Jesus. So that connection, too, just fascinates me. The anti-vaxxer, anti-maskers, you know, and again, we see it in the United States. What is that freaking connection? All right. And then she also posts John 316. Yeah. So she's over the top religious. So, you know, and you know, her religion is influencing her attitude towards all these things. So we can safely say that religion has really come between her and her father and her family it has because it's all tied to that and if i may just jump in religion has come between her and sanity oh without a doubt but this john 316 i thought well what is john 316 i don't know my bible i'll, I'll tell you so, 
Well, I'm just going to read it here. Oh, for, okay. God so lo- for God so loved the world mm. that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever belief believeth in him should not perish, but have av- everlasting life. People believe that. Huh? That's groovy. I know I have it here in front of me. <laughs> like, she, like, so she puts John 3.16 on her side, and you read that, and you go, what? Prove it to me. <laughs> <laughs> People still buy into this, like that 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 lying, that saying. What do you call it? A what do you call a thing in the Bible? Uh, what's it called? A, uh, a passage, a verse, a psalm, a, a verse. Yes, a verse. Passage. Like that means something to her. Yeah. Like, wow. May I comment or? Oh, uh, go ahead. No, I, I just want to know when you're finished rolling out there. Mm-hmm. Let me go back to the beginning. God created no the beginning of your <laughs> the beginning of your essay mm-hmm. and the results of your uh, investigation. <laughs> First of all, it must be difficult. I don't care what you think of Doug Ford. Forget your feelings about politics for a second. Not even part of this equation. So I think about how difficult it must be to be a dad. And have one of your children so disagree with you on an issue, in this case, politically and, and so much more. Like, that's got to be tough. That was one of the first things I thought. I thought, man, I don't care what you think about Doug Ford and his goofy family, but, you know, they've had a lot of, they've had a lot more high profile troubles than most of us could even relate to, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. And then I say, okay, then you layer on top of that. You know, like you layer a, like a. A layer cake. Yes. (laughs) So the next layer of this cake is the politics of it. Yeah. And, And here you are, a guy in the political spectrum who's trying to keep that kind of ball or balls in the air. All the things that go with that nonsense. And you've got your kid who, you know, I don't know what the family's religious level of worship is, but she, wh- wherever it is, it ain't that. I, I shouldn't say I don't, I shouldn't say that. I don't know what it is, but publicly he's now getting pushback from somebody in his own family. So not only does he have political opponents that he deals with every day and trying to get shit done, mm-hmm. he's got to deal with her. And that can't be easy. No, and it's embarrassing for her dad. And, you know, you and I are biased, I mean, to the extreme. But this is, and again, it's not a tan, it's not sort of like a tangible problem. It's her belief in the Bible and her whacked out world that has created this problem. It's not really something you could touch or feel. Okay, you might want to say, okay, the Freedom Convoy. Yeah. The imbecile convoy. But even that, you know, anybody logical thinker, you know, we knew we know who they were. We know who they are. And she's part of that. That means more to her than the relationship with her daddy. And she even says, you know, I I still love my dad. Well, do you? He's the premier of Ontario. And you're willing to take this, you know, this fairy tale, as we said yesterday, and drive a spike between you. You know, and. Yeah, there was something I was going to say about that. Say it. 
No, but yeah, about uh, I still love my daddy. Um, oh no, that you, when you're saying she that to her these principles that she's adopted, these wacky principles. And, and by the way, I, I want to reserve a couple of seconds to talk about the religious aspect and why it seems to always pop up. Mm-hmm. And that passage in general, that John three sixteen, that's a very famous religious trope. Because, you know, you used to see that sign at golf tournaments all the time. People walking around holding it up so that they we would know that they love Jesus. But the idea that she would be so into what she believes in to the detriment of family relations. That's, but by the way, another thing that's not unique. I know a oh, lot, no, of, I know. A lot mm-hmm. of people mm-hmm. uh, whose family during the pandemic were split on the, you know, the severity of it, the vaccination thing. It, 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 and still to this day, there are people that will not see family members, and we know some of them, because of, you know, that belief that the vaccine was all made up and, mm-hmm. you know, you know, Fauci, this and all that. They all have and they all have the same playbook. Yeah, that John 316. Help me with that. Is that basically to explain that to, uh, you know, somebody that is new to this world or has never been part of that world? Is that more or less saying believe that God gave up his son because he loves us and if you believe that you might live forever is that basically what that's saying yeah i mean you know it's a the passage says that the love that god had for the world was manifest in his son it gets a little bit convoluted believe in the son and what that does is it shows your uh, overall belief in the father And with it all, this package gives you everlasting life. Why I always get agitated by this. Who's got that? Yeah, exactly. Who's ever benefited from that? Well, I tell you, you know, I'll tell you, there's, see, there's lots of examples of who didn't benefit from it. Yeah, like every human being on life. Yeah, but, and also the pursuit of that to the detriment of logic Yes. You know, I always think like, okay, while there's a bunch of Lugans running around the planet worshiping the Sky Muppet, there's a section of people working on science to fix shit. Mm -hmm. But here's why it always agitates me. Because that young woman and a lot of people believe in that and they believe in the story, yet they don't want to talk about the fact that the Bible was cobbled together like... As Noel brought up yesterday, there's five versions of the Bible. You know, most of the the apostles and the books of the Bible, they were cobbled together. You know, again, this is what bugs me. There's nothing else in our lives that we still hold as truths that that were from people 1,700 years ago. I know there's science, but but this story was cobbled together over the course of a few hundred years. A lot of people have this idea that the Bible was written by God on the day that Jesus died. Like mm-hmm. that day was like a newspaper. Read all about it. Here's this Bible. It didn't happen that way. And why doesn't she know that? And of course, you would say that to her. Well, you know, it's the word of God. No, it's not. It was the word of a bunch of people who lived in the desert. Right. And you're basing your entire life around that. And it reeks of brainwashing. You wonder, I don't know a lot about her husband, 
But again, given that profile and the involvement with the Freedom Convoy and the extremists that were at the heart of that, you just wonder. Because to have that plastered all over your Instagram, like, fuck enough. <laughs> like, really? It's all over it. Yeah. So that that's the thread through everything. And isn't that great? Now she's not in a Christmas card with her with her parents because of a bunch of assholes got in their trucks and went to Ottawa disrupt to disrupt other people's lives. Well, it's, I mean, yeah, it's more than that too. I oh mean, no, no, I know, yeah. but I'm 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 just saying how how this believe in the fairy tale manifests in so many weird ways right? yeah in a way she was on the freedom convoy before the convoy was invented i mean she right, was on right. that whole mm-hmm. tract anyway but that's what always gets me that's what i always got you know i just couldn't get my head around the logic of it you know the the jewish bible the, the torah the jewish bible known as the bible book one you know, that whole first thing, the, the Old Testament, as it was called. Again, you know, I respect people that I know in my family and others that believe in the religious aspect of being Jewish. But I also find it like, you know, a little bit immature because five, six thousand years ago when that Bible was thrown together, you know, they, most people couldn't read. <laughs> so we're taking the word of people that banged rocks together and, you know, to make matzah no i know i uh, it's just so bewildering in uh, this day and age that this stuff still pops up and st- uh, people you know the total separation of church and state i mean we just we more like you know from my perspective we must insist on that there's no room for it anymore yeah. there just isn't it's a private thing keep it to yourself Shut up. Get it out of the schools. Get it out of the institutions. Take God out of our anthem. It's not fair to those who don't believe. Yeah, it's it's not just a a separation of church and states. It's a separation of church and reality. You know, there was a time, and religion through the ages has always been filled with fuckery and intrigue. But I'll give you there was a time when... You know, people's lives needed some kind of direction. There was no news. They had to have something that guided them and 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 fine. But, you know, once there was mass communication. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's not get into that because we have we got to we really no, I know. I'm just know. saying, you know, to me, it's the whole space thing. It's like you can do whatever you want. Just don't invade my space. Don't make your issue my issue now. No. And I really think more and more with religion, when, the more we know. You know, the scientist, scientific aspects of the world in which we live. Back off. It doesn't belong anywhere in my space. And my space is out there. And on some levels, it still is, you know. Yeah. Your hand on the Bible in a court of law and on and on. Whether we're still doing that in Canada, I don't know. I haven't been to court lately. Yeah, me neither. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling my daughter. She's about to take off on her way to, uh, on her, way to her trip. I just said... You know, travel well, where is she going again? She's going to Aspen today oh, to hang Aspen. out with uh, her mother's uh, sister's brother. Oh, the husband, sorry. <laughs> They're nice. big snowboarders, and they're going to hang out in Aspen for a week. Yeah, Charlie's got a good little thing going on. Hey, uh, Frederick, let's, uh, let's take a little time here, talk about the Sherpa, and then let's get right to the emails for today. 
Yeah, Sharps was on the show, and again, so inspirational. You know, appreciation. That's what he talked about yesterday. Stop down, you know, towards the end of the year. You can do it at any time, but towards the end of the year and appreciate what you have, right, and what it means to you and prioritize your life and figure out what's best for you and pursue those things. He's the retirement Sherpa. He's a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. And Tim is at your, uh, he's at your service. RetirementSherpa.ca is how you contact him. And uh, he'll have a look at your portfolio. He'll set you up from scratch. He'll do pretty much anything you ask him to do, and uh, you'll be better for it. RetirementSherpa.ca. Yeah, man, tim.niblet at raymondjames.ca as well as how you can uh, find him. In the meantime, Thursdays mean... Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. You know, one of the things that's great about doing the show as long as we have, and especially the kind of listeners that we have, you know, more and more, even the newer listeners, they all catch on to the, you know, the language of Humble and Fred. Everyone starts, hi, guys, and... Very often you'll see people, you know, stay strong. So uh, thank you very much for being part of it this week. Let's start with, uh, I'll, I'll kick it off. This is another one about Kelsey's. Man, Humble and Fred audience love Kelsey's. Dave Ryan says, just want to drop a line, help you guys out with your Kelsey's promotion. And it does, by the way. All the people that sent us notes, we've sent those all to Kelsey's. And it really shows our sponsors, that's a fairly new one, you know, that we have a bit of a, a, bit of a tribe here, and, mm-hmm. and they've reached out to Kelsey's and droves. Anyway, I'll just, I'll just sum, up, sum up by saying, Dave says, my last trip with my girlfriend was so enjoyable that I left an awesome review. I read the review. It couldn't have been better. And uh, he finishes by saying, funny story about tipping. I meant to leave my server 23% tip, partly to make it a nice round number. Although, a mis- although through a miscalculation on my part, they received a 30% tip. Oh, well, it's only money, right? And he signs I'd, lo- I'd lose sleep over that. <laughs> okay. Uh, but thank you, Dave. And uh, thank you, Kelsey. Hi, guys. Uh, this Hi next guys. one, subject Hi line, Chappelle. Chappelle. It says chapel, but I knew it was No, Chappelle. I know, me too. I thought it was a religious thing, because it's a chapel, but it's Chappelle. Uh, hi, guys. Love the show. <laughs> Even the Trump stuff and the weather conversations. Howard, Howard, further to your stance. Howard, further to your stance of, I can make the Jewish jokes because I'm Jewish. I paraphrased. I agree 100%, but just remember, when you make some of the stereotypical Jewish jokes, you are, in fact, reinforcing those stereotypes and the bigoted mouth breathers eat that stuff up. Too much to read? Sorry. Have a great day. That was our uh, from our friend, Mr. Begley. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't have much to say about that. I mean, you know, the Begs is right. I call him the Begs. Because mm-hmm. uh, you didn't sign his name. But, um, yeah, I guess there's a, an element of that. And I, you know, it's like when you hear a black comic make... Uh, funny remarks about what black people do or Chinese people do doing about themselves. I guess so. And the N word when they go there, it's like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. That's a curious thing. It is very curious. You don't see like that. One of my favorite comedians right now is an Asian comedian named Ronnie Chang. Really funny. Works on the daily show. A couple of Netflix specials. Some of you have seen him in the movie. Crazy. 
uh, Crazy Asians, whatever that calls, that movie's called. But black people uniquely throw that around in a way that say you don't, like Jewish people don't throw the sort of, like I use a lot of Jewish stereotypes. I just did one this morning about the Jewish goodbye. You know, the Irish goodbye is you quietly walk away. The Jewish goodbye is you get up and loudly announce that your back is sore and you've got to go home. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, great mm-hmm. point. Begley and, uh, you know, certainly made me think about it. And thanks Hi, for guys. your uh, email. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, this next one, Frederick, TV shows and streaming. I don't know. Uh, I'll just pick a, a couple of these. He says it's from Justin Devarenis. What would you say? Is that close? Uh, Devarens? Yeah, Devarens. Okay, he says uh, just, a, just a few bits regarding your TV-heavy podcast week. For Fred, the problem with streaming services and shows is that shows have license rights, and if Paramount or anyone has the rights, they can sublease them out to services like Amazon. But as each one makes their own stream service, they pull the rights. Howard, he says, Lori Love's show, which we hear is excellent. Sounds like one he's seen in Denmark on DR, their version of the CBC, which is similar, except they pick two local celebrities and three or four houses to explore with the hosts. Very cool. And for all, great show to watch if you like sci-fi. Very graphically stunning. Great uh, plot. The Peripheral. I'm surprised Dan Duran hasn't told me about that. The Peripheral on Amazon Prime is based on the book with the same name. Have a wonderful... I'm just picking and choosing because it's a very long email from uh, Justin. He says, uh, have a wonderful holiday season for yourselves and your family. Maybe hang... He says, I hope the dogs feel better and get back to playing. Maybe hang an extra stocking up for Dan's Dan's appendage to also get some gifts from Santa. Yeah, he's got to do that. I mean, Dan Duran has to hang up two stockings. And he finishes by saying the famous sucking on it. Hi, guys. Hi, Denmark. The first porno film I ever saw was out of Denmark, as they were back in the day. Sure. Came out of Denmark. Because the Danish were the first people to like to fuck. I know what it was. Uh, I've probably told you this. It oh, yes, like, you have. It was eight millimeter, mm-hmm. right? Fumbling with a projector, just praying that it worked. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, those Danes and their porn gene. Yeah. Uh, now porn is, you, porn is so accessible, you can literally get it sent to your eyeballs. Hi, guys. Uh, okay, this one is, uh, there's a couple Jennifer Kellys today, but this is actually a short note. Go. She says, hi, Fred. Uh, can you share uh, this amazing, delicious bark recipe that we refer to, Delisa's Bark? She says, thank you so much, Jen. And, you know, last year on the Facebook page, we actually posted the recipe. So I'll look for it and we'll repost it on Facebook. How about that? Then everyone can share it. Um, this next one, thank, and, and Jennifer's got more to say later, but uh, this next one is from our friend Paul Stockton, a uh, longtime listener. Fred, why don't you take this one, too? Not to Fred. Hi, guys. My far-right neighbor was complaining about all the interracial couples in commercials. He claims it is being forced on the ad companies by Trudeau. Mm, yes. Cheers. Paul. Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. you know. That's how yeah. dumb these fucking people are. Not <laughs> you, Paul. Exactly. Like, seriously, yeah. you, think, you think our prime minister takes a part of his day to mm-hmm. approve what Canadian Tire does with their advertising? Mm-hmm. When all it is is a couple of companies did it, and then other ad agencies are looking, oh, maybe we should do that, too. It seems to be the thing to do. So then they all do it. 
Well, Trill probably doesn't have time to watch TV. Well, I, I, yeah. However, the, it was created, and you know, it was probably not a couple. Co- it, it was created because the landscape of Canada has changed, and that's they want to reflect the people that are buying their shit. You know, I tell you, it doesn't come. I'll tell you where it comes from. It comes from the companies recognizing who their consumers are. And then they say to the ad agencies, we need you to show the people that are sh- that we see shopping in our stores that they're represented. Because everybody that comes through the doors are is an interracial couple. Mostly. <laughs> well, I think that's the point, though. It is over the top. And it's, you know, and they often follow the lead. And Well, I said that the other day watching 20 minutes of uh, commercials yeah. before the it's either interracial couples and even the ones that aren't mm-hmm. couples. The multi-ethnicity of television commercials, forget that the couples are not, mm-hmm. is because of the multi-ethnicity of the oh, people who, are sh- who they want to attract because they're shopping there. That's all. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks, bud. Hi, guys. Uh, this Hi is from uh, Danielle Hayashi. Hey, Humble. Hey, Fred. <laughs> Last few episodes, you spoke about the latest Sebastian Maniscalco special. This is a long one. And how it wasn't so great. And the news totally bummed me out as I think he's funny. Well, I, I think he's funny, too. I came, Danielle says she came close to driving the four plus hours to Windsor to see him perform there in October. I've had the privilege of seeing numerous comedians, and she goes to list uh, a lot of my favorites. I'll just pick out a few: John Stewart, Russell, not Russell, John Stewart, Jim Gaffigan. She sees a lot: Tom Papa, you know, Jeremy Hotz, my pal, Danny Boy, who's very funny, Gabriel Iglesias, Steve Martin, John Short, uh, Martin Short. She mentions a guy that he sadly passed away because he was horribly overweight, but a guy named John Panette. And she says, he was the funniest out of the crew I just mentioned. I'll tell you, most people don't know him because he died probably in the last 10 or 15 years maybe. But man, if you go back and look at his stuff, he is really good. He says uh, a couple other things. I like you uh, had mentioned perhaps the pace which with the specials come out isn't good for the creative joke process. And... um just to finish this, because Randy and I, ex-wife Randy and I were talking about something else I thought was funny that she didn't. And I said, you know, I think the older you get, the less surprised, the harder it is to be surprised by things. And I think that's the same way with comedy. The more exposure you have to a comedian, the harder it gets for you to be just blown away by them as you were the first time. But it sort of gets what, to what I said yesterday. You know, if they lean towards social commentary, it's it's different. If a guy just stands up there and he, you know, and he's not bringing politics and all that, well, social commentary into it. I mean, when it's just got to be, you know, comedy concepts, that's tough. Being a social commentator almost is a, like a shortcut somehow. Yeah, because the premises are all written for you. The premises exactly. You make jokes around them. Yeah. I think that's why a guy like Chappelle, you can keep coming back for more for that reason. Sure. Jerry Seinfeld doesn't do that. He more or less stays away from that. But I mean, the overarching point I'm trying to make is we are, it's harder to be surprised and, and amazed Mm -hmm. as we all were with whatever pick a comedian. Like I, you know, uh, Noah brought up, Brian Regan, who I also recommend to people. But I say I recommend going back 10 years. Brian Regan, by the way, I think had the record for the most appearances on The Letterman Show. Like he was 
he's a he's a force. But I've seen his last couple of specials. Same with John Mulaney. First couple of specials, amazing. I'd never seen him do stand up. The last one, you know, not quite as good. Right. It's just hard to keep it going. Howard, I was going to ask you as a professional comic, do you remember a guy probably back in the 70s on CBS? He used to play the piano and sing political songs. Do you remember that guy? He wore glasses. And I forgot his name. And he, yeah, he played the piano and he sang, you know, social commentary and yeah. political songs. I mean, and I not- can't remember his name. He was a household name back then. Um, I, I even Googled it and really couldn't. Okay. See a name that I, yeah, yeah, I I don't, um, and it was exclusively on PBS, oh. Channel Seventeen Buffalo. Interesting. Uh, anyway, Danielle Hayashi says, "Happy Thursday, and enjoy the gourd damn day." Hi guys. Hi guys. Hi guys. Hi guys. This next one is from Sid Cohen. Fred. Ari Schaffer. Is that how you say his Ari name? Shafir. Ari Shafir. Ari Shafir on Howie Mandel's video podcast, YouTube, uh, actually directed at you, Howard, Ari Shafir on uh, Howie Mandel's hour long video podcast on YouTube. This is just as good as any Ari special. And then he goes on to tell you, listen at the three minute mark or whatever. But uh, there you go, man. There's the heads up. There's, uh, you know, add it to your list of things to watch. So I did. Well, I just went and watched some of it. He says, let's they, they talk about one of the Saskatchewan Jews. That's the part you missed. Because he actually mentions they're, they're, him and Howie are doing a bit about where Jews live in the North America, okay. and oh. uh, and at one point they say, "I'll bet you there's Jews in Saskatoon." Thank you, Sid, for that heads up. Hi guys! Hi guys! Hi guys! Hi guys! Uh, why don't you this? Uh, why don't you uh, lead this one as well? Because it's a Merry Christmas voice message from our friend, your friend, our friend Mike Hannafin. Yes, this is a little premature. He says, uh, not sure if you're doing emails and messages on the 22nd, which is our Christmas uh, show next year. But if so, here's my contribution. So it's a week early, Mike. Or and to answer what? everyone's question, that's a great question. We won't do them on Thursday, but how about we spend a little time on Wednesday hmm. uh, for the last half hour? and Because we won't have time on Thursday to go through them. So maybe there's a little heads up. If you want to send a note wishing each and all the other people, each people's a uh, happy holiday, you can do that. Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. Anyway, Mike says a great year of shows. I've enjoyed watching them on uh, Facebook. But anyway, it's on the video, uh, the audio message here. Mm-hmm. All right. So here's Mike Hannafin's Christmas, which actually this might be another thing that people could do. We could play these in between uh, the nonsense. Yes, we could. <laughs> you don't seem too enthusiastic about that. No, that's fine. All right. Absolutely. All right. I'm just taking, uh, taking the temperature great- of the room. Might be the best idea this year. (laughs) Merry Christmas, gents. Thanks for having me on the show a few weeks ago. And glad to see Howard is doing so well that he's looking to go back to golfing at 6,000 feet. Well done. And glad to see Fred keeping his healthy skepticism of PP and that cult. And both of you for your hatred of MAGA. Well done to both of you. And Dan for being Dan. Insert schlong joke here. (laughs) Thanks so much for making me laugh every day when I wake up in Vancouver and watch the Facebook version. Have a great Christmas and all that, and hope to chat again next year, Gord willing. 
No, he's a good boy, Mike Hannafin. He is. He's sick. Hi, guys. You know, he's a kind-hearted man. Yeah, you can feel it, man. You know, you don't get that from an evil-hearted man. Uh, Wayne Gao. Uh, hi, guys. Slowly catching up on your more recent episodes, and I heard about your cardiac issues, Howard. Glad to feel that you're glad to hear that you're feeling better. I thought I would share this device with you. It's a small little ECG recorder that you can send and record to your EP, which is an electrophysiologist. The device is called Cardio Mobile, and it's a tiny Bluetooth recorder that you can keep with your phone. It's available at Costco. Hmm. Uh, I didn't care if we shared this on the show, but I, uh, I wanted to say uh, thanks, man. And he, fi- he signs it, stay strong. You know, with uh, I will say, you know, Health Gauge, which was with us for a, for a really long time, hmm. and I used the, I still have it. You still have it. I, you know, I would once in a while play around with the blood pressure. Mostly, I'd see how much sleep I wasn't getting, and check how many steps I had in a day. But I, ever since I've had this issue, I've been on my phone, and it basically does what Wayne was talking about. I can take my ECG and check my blood pressure on it. And it really is something else. Like, I know Sherpa's probably got access to this kind of stuff. And a lot of people now are are availing themselves of this kind of technology. But we would just remind you, it's available with the health gauge. Hi, guys. Yeah. With the health Hi gauge, guys. too. If you stick it up Hi your bum, it checks your prostate, too. Oh, it does more than that. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's what they want to hear. If you stick it up your bum, it sends your PSA to your doctor. <laughs> that's great. Oh, you will. That's what they they don't they don't tell it. They don't they don't tell everybody that little trick. They don't. Oh, that's just, that's for the gold star customers. <laughs> that's right. You got to get the upgrade. <laughs> oh yeah, this the only one that does it. Hi, guys. <laughs> over there, Lars. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Okay, this Hi is guys. from Martin Lai, Freddie. And this uh, subject matter, mice. mice. I hate Mises to pieces. Yes. As a building operator, we had glue traps. I got a call about baby mice in a drawer where food was. The lady wanted me to release them. I collected them and said I would. Before I could leave the space, another lady stopped me to ask if I was going to do that. I said, no, that would be inhumane. It was winter, and I showed her my knife. She was happy with that. Do you understand that? I'm sorry. What? <laughs> I'm just still thinking about you shoving your health gauge watch up your ass. Doll, I'm checking my prostate. <laughs> he consummates. The lady wanted me to release them, catch and release. I collected them and said I would. Before I could leave the space, another lady stopped me to ask if I was going to do that. I said, no, that would be inhumane because it was the winter to let them go. And I showed her my knife. She was happy with that. I guess he killed him with a knife. Mm. Why would you do that? You're just drowning them's the best thing. Just oh, throw yeah. them in a bucket. Bucket they, of know, mice. Run out of energy. By the way, if you put a mice up your ass, it'll also tell you how your prostate's doing. Yeah. <laughs> was it Richard Gere? No, no. Yeah, the right. gerbil. No. Gerbils, right? Yeah, it was gerbils. He uh, preferred. He was like a connoisseur of rodents in the asshole. Anyway, he said the large black thing that you were referring to, Howard, is yes. not a trap, but a warfarin house, uh, so pests don't enter a building. It's a cheap fix. I'm glad to know that, Martin, because I'll tell you what, as I said to you guys the other day, you know, I just see them everywhere. 
I saw them in France. I saw them in Mexico. I see them in Toronto. And now I know what they are. They're actually a, a way to discourage. I thought they were a way, a way to trap rats. They just discourage them because uh, I was. Am I supposed to know what warfarin is? Yeah, it's um, it's poison. Okay, it's rat thank poison. you. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, and Martin, thank you for your uh, your kind uh, information. Hi guys. Hi guys. Uh, this next Hi one guys. is from Jennifer Kelly. Uh, Jennifer Kelly has a voice note later, but there's just a lot of stuff. Likes Megan and Harry, thought the Pepsi Jet thing was good. Um, she's a big fan of the bear, like a lot of people are talking about the bear. Apparently Fantastic. there's a, I, and you get it on what, you, oh, you get it on your special network. Is that where you get it from? It's, yeah, I think it's a Showtime show, though, if I'm not mistaken. Really? I, yeah, excuse me if I've lost track of what shows on what network. You know, I'm going to write it down because I I get Showtime. You haven't seen it yet? No, man. Oh, because my oh, okay. my special thing has been broken. Oh, okay. So bear the bear on Showtime uh, apparently has a Toronto chef on it. Uh, Netflix, she likes Dead to Me. I watched one season it was okay. Uh, Mary and uh, Mary Joe is great. Talks about the crazy situation. And she says to you, I got a whole bag of sweet potatoes, uh, like a five-pound bag for four forty-nine at Freshco. And she talks about some cheese she bought. <laughs> like the stuff directed to me. Oh. <laughs> well, no, she's directing... Uh, happy shopper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. And, uh, yeah, and uh, is there more? She goes, I know, long, whoops. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's not all we'll hear from uh, Jennifer Kelly. But uh, there's no way we want to discourage Jennifer because, man, that is somebody that is invested in this program. And we certainly appreciate that. Thank you. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Countdown to the Masters from David Drosky. Hi, guys. Thought you would enjoy this. From one golf nerd to another. Don't need much to keep this handy PM used. Love the podcast. You guys must promise never to retire. Uh, Dave from Niagara, turn volume on. Um, what's he well, referring to? And this, is, this is really cool because this is what Dave has sent us. It looks like he's got a little putting studio set up in his basement because it's just him and a pair of socks. And for 15 seconds or so, or 20 seconds, it's just him uh, with a, master, a picture of the Masters hitting balls into a uh, little mini cup on the floor while the master's music plays. Oh, that's cool. And I just thought it was so sweet of him to send it along, knowing here we are in another heinous Toronto shit weather. And he's got this picture of, uh, looks like uh, the 12th hole at the master's. Well, he just quietly sinks balls into a... There, you can even hear the sound of the putter. Anyway, it was very nice of uh, Dave Drosky, and I can tell you, Dave... I'm feeling it. You know, this is the time of year when it's like sort of the furthest away from the golf season. But as the Fred man has pointed out, next week the days start getting longer again. So, um, Have I told you part of the Christmas tradition here at the Patterson home is in this very room that I'm in right now? It's rather large, this, ba- this basement. Oh, we know. It's huge. No, but we have a putting contest. Danny, my son, with his 3D printer, has made these, you know, the hole is as big as a regulation golf hole, but it's a little piece of plastic that's just slightly elevated, and we have putting contests down here. We play 18 holes, and 
whoever gets the best score gets to place the hole wherever they want and put obstacles in the way to putt around it and everything. And we have a, a lot of fun with that. And I love that. Year, it's like uh, bocce golf or something. <clears throat> yeah. And then last year we brought Johnny uh, Golf Shot into it and he, he's enjoying it as well. And uh, yeah. Here's an interesting question for you, Mr. Sports Guy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a multiple choice because it's not fair to just ask you off the top of your head. Is the circumference of a golf hole? I know it. What is it? It's four inches. Wrong. Oh, I thought. Okay, I, I thought. I <laughs> should say. You talk a big what game. Is what is it? I thought four it and a quarter. Oh, oh. So, okay. <laughs> Why a quarter? Who's Who idea knows, man? I don't. The Scottish, because that was the size of a sheep bladder or whatever they were putting into. Why didn't they do everybody a favor and make it four and a half? Why didn't they do it? Make it six. If you're going over four. Yeah. Make it six. <laughs> like, it's like, you know, the game. It's so weird. Ben Hogan said this, that the golf, the, the, the game of golf should, they should be a separate thing with putting. Because think about the right. skill it takes to maneuver a ball through the air 300 yards. And then you got to go up and play croquet. Like, it really yeah. is dumb. You know, like, yeah, it's just the two skills are so wide apart. Yes. But that's that's part of the magic. No, oh, is it? Yeah, all right. No, it is. Hi guys. Yeah, I know. Hi guys. Hi guys. As you get closer to the hole, uh, it gets harder to get it into the hole. Uh, this is from uh, Tan Pasaros. Hi guys. I used a trip from Windsor to catch up on missing episodes. Long drive would have been enough time to catch three quarters of a Toronto Mike interview. <laughs> little dug there, little dig there. Uh, he goes on to say, "You spoke of the ridiculous amount of money Galen Weston and the like are bringing in, but let's not forget how much worse it's going to get when Dougie, uh, the premier, allows all our arable land to be built on. It's going to get so much worse." If you haven't checked out James Aloff's Ontario on TikTok, you should. Thank you. Uh, we also rounded out the week with a stop into Kelsey's here in St. Catharines. So thank you for the reminder. And Tanya, thank you for the support. Have a great week, and cheers to you. That's an interesting story I've been reading about the, what do they call them, Greenlands, whatever, and they're thinking of taking some of those for to build housing. And, and again, I'll get back. They're going to bring 500,000 people a year into the country. Most of them are going to end up in Toronto. They have to live somewhere. We need to build housing. Plus, Part of that equation that people leave out, apparently for every acre they take, they're going to designate an acre and a half farther out for the same thing. And the Greenland or whatever you call it that they're going to build on is the le- is the least of the lush or uh, whatever, you know, um, growable. I don't know I'm with you now. I hear you. You know what I'm saying? Yes, brother. Um, and again, it, it, this uh, to me, again, this is one of the, those political things. It's conservative, bad. Just But when you look, what are you supposed to do when you have to build housing? I just, what are you supposed to do? I, 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 there was another story this week. They're going to license rooming houses in all of Toronto. Well, great. That's going to be great for housing. But what's it going to do to neighborhoods? The idea is to build new housing. Like, they're not making more land. They need it. We need so, to make more land. Yeah. Uh, anyway, okay. That's a little. Well, I appreciate your uh, perspective because I have uh, none on that. <laughs> like, I don't. 
It's just not something that I'm paying attention to, but now I will. Thank you. Hi, guys. Hi, This is from uh, Troy LaBranche, and it's a note for Dan. Fred. Hey, Dan, just heard about Clifford. You could try boots for him. Mostly they are used to prevent salt from irritating dogs' paws in the winter, but they can be used to help him give grip on slippery floors. That's a good idea. <coughs> they will take some uh, getting used to, but may help. Cheers, uh, Troy from the, uh, oh, the Blue Cottage on Ruba Island. Really? Hi, Troy. I know that cottage. Ruba Island. You know where my tin palace is. Is that where you go to Ruba one out? <laughs> That's right. You know the island right across from me? I do. I hit golf balls over there. That's right. So that that may be part of Ruba Island, but it, anyway, just up and to the left is where that where his cottage is. Isn't that nice? Somehow he's gotten to know Dan. I'm sure maybe Dan was canoeing by one day and saw a yellow umbrella and asked him to take it down because it, you know, it ruined the vista. Or maybe you know, he, <laughs> come on. <laughs> well, Dan has a certain color scheme he likes for the island that he's. Oh yeah, from his place there was somebody. I think it was a bright ye- yellow umbrella. Somebody had down on the point. You went and asked them if maybe they could change the color because it sticks out too much. That's not a true story. It's a true story. Come on. Also, other people, you know, because have boats. Dan doesn't have one. So they have boats. So they you mark rocks. What do you get? You get old water bottles, right? Like big water jugs and you tie them. And oh, to where? To people. avoid hitting the rocks. Yes. Sorry. Dan has actually gotten his cube canoe before and taken them, like, removed them, because he doesn't like the look of them from his... So how are you supposed to avoid the rocks? Well, that's, you know, tough luck for you. He doesn't have a boat. What's he got to worry about? <laughs> that's, n- none of those things you're saying can be true. All right. But I will tell you something that happened here that was pretty funny. Is uh, Dan enjoys these uh, popsicles from uh, Costco. I do, too. Not so much right. since my heart yeah. issue. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, he had, he was eating one of them, and it ha- and he had a and a dish. That he was eating something else in the dish, mm-hmm. and then he put his dish away. So I went to do the same thing yesterday after the show. I put some dishes away, and I look in the dishwasher, and there's a popsicle stick. <laughs> there's a fucking popsicle stick in the dishwasher, and for the life of me, I could not understand until he came home. I said, "Dude, what was that?" <laughs> I said, "Are these reusable popsicle sticks?" He's like, "Oh no, I, I didn't realize I did that." I'm like, "That's a." pretty big blank you know it's like blanking out <laughs> like you're putting a dish away and part and then you go into some kind of trance where you <laughs> don't realize you're also washing the popsicle stick which i thought was a very uh, maybe it's environmental see i would have guessed you know he's into conservation that he wanted to reuse the pop well that's what i mean it's environmentally uh yeah motivated mm-hmm. um Hi like guys. a lot of things he does Hi because guys. he enjoys Hi the guys. environment Hi this is from Leanna M. Scott. Hi, guys. Another one for Daniel. It's too bad Daniel is not part of the program right now. we got to wrap up. Uh, we're almost done, I think, because we have uh, Brett Tanner standing by. She says, uh, we have a uh, 12 and a half year old chocolate lab uh, named Charlie. Aw, chocolates live about 10 and a half years on average. Mm-hmm. Charlie has issues, obviously. And just this past week, we had a health scare. Where Charlie, like Dan's Clifford, we worried, is this it? Is this the time for us to make that decision? I'm also worried about making that decision about Dan. We, uh, we visited this website called Lap of Love, and the link is below, that helped us assess Charlie's quality of life. And, and this is a great service. 
I think. Hopefully, this and I sent it to Dan. And you know what? If you're interested, because there's a whole bunch of people that love our, we love our dogs on this show and in our community. Maybe I'll throw this up on uh, Facebook after we're done. Um, she says, it shouldn't be used for humans, Howard. Tell your daughters that. That is funny. Uh, quality content, as usual, is how Leanna finishes her note. And stay strong. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi guys. Next one is from uh, CJ Bulgin. It's no, uh, no subject matter. Hello. I am new to your podcast slash radio station. My boss showed me uh, who you are, and I have really enjoy y'all. I was wondering if I could s- how some way... <laughs> What are you doing? Are you having a stroke? No, I'm reading it word for word. Y'all, I was wondering if I could somehow, some way, oh, get I see. my hair right, done. <laughs> I missed that part altogether. I was like, what the hell's happened? Uh, what does he if want? If I could some way, somehow, get my hands on a number one in 97 CD. I am really interested in listening to it. Thank you sincerely, CJ. <laughs> now, for this is interesting because remember we used to get those emails from people just asking for radio station paraphernalia yes and they, and they claim they listen to the radio station you knew they didn't but for some reason they wanted radio station because they collected it yeah yeah um so at the beginning i'm thinking well maybe that's what this is about but then when he refers directly to number one in 97 i'm thinking well maybe this is legit you, you sort of have to know us to know that that existed Unless he just Googled Humble and Fred and it came up. Anyway, just in, I find that very interesting because it reeks of one of those old time requests, but asked for something specific. Indeed. And finally, uh, last one that we're going to get to. I'm, I'm sorry. No, this will be Jennifer's. This is from Paul Sterling. He says, fellas, while listening to you guys talk about Musk, Tesla, Twitter, I thought for a second, will he survive? Musk is what he's talking about. Is Will Tesla survive? It's an interesting conversation Dan and I were having this morning before the show that Tesla stock is down 28%. The bad PR coming from Musk. And I've had uh, the good fortune to drive one around for the last three or four weeks. And, you know, they're top-notch cars. But the, the people that are running that company, along with Tusk, with, with uh, Elon Musk... Don't you think at some point they're going to, like, you just can't run a company into the ground without the board. You know, there's clauses and things that can, you you can get fired from your own company is what I'm saying. Yeah. It's so bewildering. Did you hear the latest? uh, You know, there's that news service in the States called Newsmax. Yes. You know, Fox is for simpletons. I mean, this Newsmax is Max is for imbeciles. That's like, a full-on cult, yes. Oh, like, it's just unbelievable. The one guy on in the evening is just a, such a fucking idiot. Anyway, apparently Trump is making a big announcement today or tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And spec is that he might be announcing that Musk is his running mate. That's just out there. I find that hard to believe, but that's a thing that's out there. Wouldn't that be something like, you know, again, we, we haven't said it for a while, but we said it for a long while, which is just when you think shit can't get any weirder. Let me just mm-hmm. finish with Paul. He says uh, the big manufacturers are now making fully electric and better looking vehicles. The question is, will Tesla lose its grip on e-vehicles and how much? And thank you, Paul. 
Okay. Now, let me find Jennifer, uh, and then I'm going to need to take a break. Uh, my own self. Where's Jennifer's? Oh, here we go. Jennifer Kelly. Um, let me just do this. Uh, as again, we remind you, you know, so exciting we, stuff this week. You're- oh, sorry. I started it by mistake. Let me see. Where did it go? I apologize. I just, I, you're up. I don't know where it lives here on my computer. Is it here? Okay, it has to finish till I can find it. This is too many things open. Let's go to. Okay. Wow, what a week it's been. So much exciting stuff this week. You're absolutely right, Humble. Noel all day, every fucking day. Absolutely love that guy. What a story. I have to share with you what my husband and I did last Saturday night. Mm. We ate a gummy, and we sat, and we watched YouTube, and we watched all these travelers go to San Miguel de Allende. It was fascinating. What a fantastic place. I have to visit it. And just with regards to your comment about comedy, I think it's also based on mood, too. So that is in keeping with what you said about how you receive it. And you know what? It would be weird if you guys acted like you did you know, when you were 37 and 43, when you're seniors, that would be a little odd. Yes. You guys really do keep it real, and that I love. So thanks so much. Have a great weekend. All right. Very nice. Um, do you have anything? Do you have, you have a pee? No, you go yeah, ahead. I'm going to go pee, and you just talk about I, I'll, And I'll tell the people about the Brussels sprouts I had in Owen Sound. Yeah, do Okay? It. Last week, I was in uh, Owen Sound with neighbor John, and we went to this restaurant called Mudtown Station. <clears throat> We both love uh, Brussels sprouts. And it was an appetizer, but it was $17. And we thought, we like it anyway. Seems a bit stiff, but let's see what it is. This big bowl of uh, Brussels sprouts came. And I'll tell you, the most delicious Brussels sprouts I have ever had. They were grilled, literally grilled, sort of on a wood fire. So that was the start. Imagine that taste if you love Brussels sprouts. A wood fire flavor. Then they had this uh, sort of a, I don't want to say cheese. It was sort of like a cheesy consistent uh, consistency sauce that had this tang to it and a little bit of spice, a little bit of pepper, which was absolutely outstanding. And a lot of people with their Brussels sprouts, they like to have bacon bits. Well, these weren't just bacon bits. These were like little hunks of little hunks of pork like you would cut off like a a pork roast and then maybe deep fry them a bit Mm -hmm. and then it had onions and everything as well it was absolutely you're talking about brussels sprouts still brussels sprouts this could have been it could have been your mainer Mm -hmm. these brussels sprouts were so good like that it's all you needed and it was a place called mudtown station in owen sound i was blown away it was the type of thing howard while you're eating it you keep looking at it going it can't be this good. It can't be this good. Outstanding. Job well done. If I ever go back there, that's all I'm going to order. The Brussels did, sprouts. Did you have that experience before I called you and said I'm going to do the Brussels sprouts? Because remember I, I called and said, hey, I, I want to ask your, I wanted to pick yes. your brain about how to do them. Mm-hmm. So I did them twice in a cast iron pan. Almost as right. you describe them. What I used to do with Brussels sprouts is I would parboil them, then cut right. them, and then... But on your recommend, 
I got a little bit of oil in that pan and got it super hot. But let me back up. When we, you and I were at Boone's thing at uh, Palma Pasta, I bought a hunk of prosciutto, not like the right. stuff that's already sliced. Mm-hmm. And I cut it up into pretty good sized hunks. And I threw it in with the uh, Brussels sprouts. As you said to me, you can throw them in at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then all I did differently than what you said, I also added some of that rub you gave me mm-hmm. and a little bit of butter. And mm-hmm. then as it got um, started to stick to the pan, I just added water and just let it kind of steam them a little bit. What you just said is so true. I, that could have been all I needed to eat. Yeah, definitely. Hands down, my favorite vegetable. And, you know, some people like them really soft. I like them somewhere in the middle. Yes. Like, I like some crunch to them. Obviously not raw. But uh, it was just amazing what this chef did. Another one of those situations, too, where, you know, kids become chefs in Toronto, and it's it's very competitive. And a lot of them now are going out to the outlying areas and going into restaurants. So people in these rural areas that aren't, used to let's face it fancy fancy food fancy or top notch restaurants are now you know enjoying these young uh, upstart chefs and uh, again this recipe just blew my freaking mind so good well i can tell you what i'm sure my version of it wasn't as good but it was pretty good and and good well and in typical you know obsessive howard style i did it twice i did it the first time to try and i learned how to make it and the second time Oh, I know what I did, too. I, I overheard you saying I had caramelized some onions. So yes. the second time I threw those in with them and it was brilliant. Um, before we get to uh, Brett Tanner, I know you've already talked about these people, but let them tell their story. Cursing during your commute again. Do you find yourself living at work instead of working from home? Couldn't this have been an email? When it feels like all that's left is work hard. You know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. Now, um, we got no Dan Duran. No. Here's to a fella named But uh, for four days in a row, I've been saving this story because I just love it. It's the uh, perfect, uh, you know, I don't This would have been a great humble report story when I was still doing that. You know, I used to be the news guy in the show. And Dan Duran took over. Yes, that's right. The humble report. Award winning. I did that for a long time. My boys. Yeah, I mean, did we do that at the mix? Probably. I mean, right up until... Anyway, it doesn't matter. But this is a great story. A great Florida man story. You know, there's a whole... The legend of the Florida man. And uh, the story is a Florida man was arrested after having sex with a golden doodle. You could stop right there. If that was all you knew about knew need if all you knew about this guy was he was arrested after having sex with a golden doodle. But the sentence goes on. In front of children while taking the dog out for a walk. Now that could be the end of the sentence as well. A Florida man arrested for having sex with a golden doodle in front of kids. That can't be that's gotta be the end of the story, you would say, right? Mm. Most assuredly. But then he ran to a nearby church, wrecked a nativity scene, and that's what? 
and then attempted to steal a car. That is a very, very a busy, busy, day. <laughs> a busy mm-hmm. that is a busy criminal. Mm-hmm. Where, so, you know, I've been looking at that all week trying to think like, okay, so you're out, you're out with your golden doodle. It starts to look good to you. So you think, okay, maybe I'll just have a quick, I'll just tear one off. Now, I don't think he did it in front of the kids on purpose. They just happened to be there. And like children are curious. They're fascinated. They love dogs. Mm -hmm. And they were probably horrified when Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, you know, a lot of kids, the first time they ever see anything mate is two dogs having sex. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But their first time was a man having sex with his dog. And maybe that's what it was. He got startled by the children's curiosity. Mm-hmm. He ran into a church, now upset, kicked over Jesus in the fucking manger. <laughs> then he's like, well, I got to get away. And then try and he steals a church car. It's very layered, that story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fuck, you know, we really are. Most of us are just living pretty. I mean, compared to that, that dude, we're pretty... We're living pretty dull lives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd say. Fuck me. <laughs> what is that conversation like? You know, you got to call somebody to come pick you up at the police station. Can you kind of bail me out? Yeah, what'd you do? I fucked a dog in front of kids. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anything else? How did nice... you do that in then front I, of kids? Then I kicked baby Jesus in the head and stole mm-hmm. his car. Yeah, that's something. <laughs> Uh, I don't know where uh, Brett Tanner is, but I do know where uh, Toronto Mike is. Let me check my email. Is Brett uh, not scheduled? Brett is scheduled, I think, at now times. Is he not? 8.55. Yeah, that's what I thought. So I'm not sure what's going on. It's 9.04. Or he's having trouble accessing. Yeah, I hope not, because I was really, really looking forward to it. Well, do you want me to go and try to get a hold of him? If you wouldn't him? mind, Michael, because yeah. this is uh, our last chance to uh, chit-chat with him. <sighs> I'm in the mood for love with the golden doodle simply because. Um, anyway, yeah, when is the uh, bark delivery? Are, am I going to come get it or are you going to come bring it over here? Not to be. Uh, I don't know. know. I'll come I get it. That I got to get something for Doll then. I gotta get a. I gotta do something nice for Doll because she still does so many nice things for us. Hmm. Now, what did you get, Doll? Hmm. Yeah, that's a hard one. That's the thing. Because, um, yeah, Doll's a tough one, man. Get her a sandwich, lefty, a left-handed sandwich. You know what I might do, Smarty Pants? I might do this. You tell me her and yours uh, favorite pie commission pies, and I will. Uh, dash up to the Brampton estate. Why are you shaking your head? Oh, unnecessary. Dude, I'm not coming up there getting bark with my hands empty. So unnecessary. I'll bring like, uh, you know, an assortment. Okay, of- I like the lamb and vegetable. <laughs> that, fa- that turns fast. It's unnecessary. Lamb and vegetable with a mushroom, the please. gets pretty good, too. So is the jerk chicken. They're all oh, yeah. good. Doll loves that one that Rachel liked, you know, with the uh, sweet potato and uh, Okay, well, I'll tell you what. Let me get an assortment uh, of pies. She also likes the chicken and mushroom. Jesus, man. And so how much bark am I getting? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, any- you know what? Just go in and ask for one of each. 16. Okay, fine. 
<laughs> Gentlemen, I have a few things, and then when if Brett shows up, I just you know pinged him. But if he shows up, I'll just turn off my camera and let you guys talk. But I have a few things if you have a moment. Yes, Santa. <laughs> Santa Mike. Santa. What, what did I say? What did I do wrong? Did I say Toronto Mike? I, in some note. Oh, no, I got, no, no. Because you always refer to me on the show as Boone. Boone, 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 Boone. Well, like, I don't. You know, like you said, hey, Noel, I don't know if Boone has your email, but Noel only knows me as Toronto Mike. So oh, I, I think I just, he put two and two together, you. Oh, I know, I know. But if I had my, you know, and it was kind of an off-air request, it wasn't meant to be. Oh, so you only want me to refer to you as Toronto Yeah, like it's just sort of like... Yeah, but you are... What's that, Freddie? It's a branding thing. You, you know. Yeah, but you you refer to me as Howard. You don't always say humble Howard, but I think people know that you're Toronto Mike. I don't think so. See, honestly, I think a lot of people are like, who's Boone? And they don't realize it's Toronto Mike. So it just it's like only a request. You don't have to do it, obviously. When I call you Howard, it's well, we're actually doing the show. And it's humble, Howard. And it's just when we're talking about Mike when he's not around. Yes, I see. see. All right. So I have a uh, Toronto Mike. Can I say Michael or do I have to say Toronto Mike when I'm speaking to you? Um, I don't want to make it a thing like you're making it a thing. I like like to make everything a thing. Yeah, he and, takes uh, everything and just makes it a thing. I wasn't going to put it on the air. Let me just say this. I will endeavor to make this request happen for you. I'll tell you why. Because you're a little angel and you help us so much. Uh, every week we had a chance to visit with uh, one of this country's, nay, one of this world's great podcasters with his own program. I don't know where he finds time to produce this. What? Town Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Remember CHOG 640, the hog? Yes, we do, yeah. We worked there briefly uh, after it was I called. Know, yeah, I know. Uh, here he is, ladies and gentlemen, from the heart of Etobicoke, Toronto, Mike Boone. There is a uh, an auto reply from Brett Tanner's email that has me worried he might not be showing, which I won't read it to you now, but afterwards in our off air meeting, I'll read it to you, but he might not be here. Oh, that is such a drag, man. Really? But I mean, that's based on the auto reply, and I don't want to like. No, no, I get it. It's, I'm just saying it's. Too, I'm sure something's come up, but I, uh, I really because I had hoped to uh, get a chance to talk to him after the show. But I can always call him. I got his number. Well, you can, yeah. I got his true. number. You have the technology. Yes, yes, I know. Yeah. So Dan's not here. At the news. I have a couple of quick hits here. Yeah, baby, do it. One is, I just want you to know, the, the gentleman whose name you can't come up with, who used to play the piano, those political songs yeah. on PBS, who was parodied on The Simpsons. So I almost know the parody better than I know him at this point. But Mark Russell was his yes. name. That's right. Fred, Fred Ball sent me his picture and the name as well. I just noticed. Sorry, Fred. I just got to it now. It was on my phone. I beat Ball Yeah, too. You know what, Mikey? Uh, Mike, I mean, Toronto Mike. Um, <laughs> so you're making it a thing. I guess just relax, my friend. Okay, I have a heart condition. Uh, you know what? Uh, <laughs> you oh, know, man. Handy. Yes, handy. Very, is. Handy. very handy. Uh, yeah, I remember that guy. And, and he was very good, Mark Russell. I mean, Toronto Mark Russell. <laughs> Washington Mark, I think, is... Uh, yeah, he had all those songs. About yes, the very good. And the Republic and the... You know, the no, yeah, very, very good. Political. He was good at singing and the playing and the, 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 the politically... It's amazing what pops back into your head, eh? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yes. The, uh, 
I think the Simpson uh, Lisa Simpson goes to Washington, which is kind of a famous episode for Simpsons fans, is where they they parody him. You know, the deficit lies the deficit. Blah. Anyway, okay. uh, uh, one more quick update is that you guys talked about the uh, reporter at the World Cup, Grant Wall. Yes, yes. And his wife, who is a medical doctor, has uh, seen the results of the autopsy and is 100% satisfied that Grant died of an aneurysm in his heart. Oh. And it was of natural causes. There. Okay. No foul play. No, and you know what, Mike? I'm glad, because I had made that note, too, and I hadn't got to it yet. Because it bothers me, you know, when people report or tell stories that sound, you know, sort of... Nefarious and things, yes. Right. Nefarious and striking and, you know... And then when it fi- when you turn out there's nothing to it, right. often the follow up isn't told. And you know right. we were sort of not guilty of it the other day, saying, "Yeah, man, he could- maybe they killed him because of the rainbow T-shirt." Mm-hmm. So right. it's good to make that point. It had nothing to do with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and maybe one day you'll walk back here. Horrible. <laughs> Uh, you know, a discussion of the Queen Mother and how how she killed Diana and the had her run down in this in the tunnel. It wasn't the Queen Mother? It was the Queen. Queen, queen right, mother. right. Well, one day when those facts come out, I'll hope you'll be on that story with your research and your investigations. So this is, uh, Fred, this is a car accident in a tunnel in Paris, and it's the paparazzi are chasing, and, yeah. and there's a car accident, and Diana and uh, Dodi Fayed they die. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you're you think that that's uh, the, the queen somehow? Who else did it, Mike? Who happen? else could have? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yep. think that's far fetched. Like it's just that's well, a, if you're going to kill her, there's easier ways. I would. Okay, think. Uh, you know what I mean. I just um, I think there there was something underhanded going here. By the way, you see Piers Morgan. They released, I think, those the next three uh, Harry and Meghan. Yes. Episodes. He says they're poisonous rats. Mm. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. Well, you know what Pierce Morgan's job is? Oh, yeah. It's to get us to talk about Pierce Morgan. And you bingo. So the first yeah. episode I watched, I, I called When Harry Met Slutty. That's what the Royals called it. Uh, the second episode I've called, I'm calling it When Harry Met Juicy. I'll tell you, there's a, lo- <laughs> there's a lot of shots, and I'm not saying exact, but there's a lot of times that Meghan Markle reminds me a lot of a lady friend. I could give you, I could, I'm telling you, man, Mm -hmm. there's some Mm -hmm. shots in these short shorts and a floppy hat and certain angles. And I'm like, I I know what that vibe is. It's quite a vibe. I'm going to watch episode three today before all the rest of them come out. Mm -hmm. I found it fascinating. And I didn't think, listen, I can admit I like Bill Brio and I were talking on Monday. I just was like, not interested. Don't care. Mm -hmm. But because of you and your influence on me. I went back and, uh, damn, it's, uh, it's, I'll tell you what, it's entertaining. I don't care what you think about the Royals, but this, the program is entertaining and you get a real sense of what it was like for a young boy to have his mother killed by his grandmother. <laughs> no, no, and, and, no, but, but Howard, the whole, like, we know over the years, the Royal family, there's been a lot of oddities and weird things and inbreeding and everything. Mm. So now I don't know why it's such a, why it's such a stretch when this one kid finally in the modern era stops down and goes well wait a minute there's a lot of bullshit going on here why it's so hard to believe it and a kid that grew up being harassed while his mother was still alive like those shots i don't know if you've seen them now i'm afraid if i say mike he's gonna get mad i don't know if you've seen this program um person but uh 
lots of great video of when this when this boy was like five six and yeah. you know same age as Jarvis and being hounded on a ski trip and you mm-hmm. know and they were trying to be. You know, Diana at that time, trying to be uh, mindful that the, you know, the the business of being in the royal family is to give the public access to their business. But at some point she just got pissed and she was like, enough. And of course, they all they're looking for is provocative photographs so that they can sell them. It's a fucking dirty business. Yeah. Dirty. Dirty. Dirty business. Proceed, Mike. Proceed. So... There's a fan of yours named Sid. He's a Hundy P, I think. And there's other Hundy P's who have kind of remarked over the years these similarities between our humble Howard Glassman and Howard Stern in New York. And he sent in a little clip. This is from Howard Stern this week. And I guess it's Howard talking to a fake Howard really quick. Well, I, think I know, I know the guy that does the fake Howard. I follow him on Instagram. He's a great okay. impressionist. Matt Friend is his name. Well, we're going to hear him here for about 25 seconds. Fake Howard Stern. How you doing? Hey now. <laughs> what is the real Howard Stern's middle name? Right. So to me, this is a great question. Right. I mean, I would go with V, but I'm not going to say that. Right. 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 And by the way, anything by the anything is better than Howard. I wanted to be Miles. I would say the middle name. It's got to be Alan. Alan. Good thing you trusted him. The middle name is Alan. Crazy. Eh? So not only was I saddled with the same name as the greatest disc jockey that ever lived, we also have the same middle name. I will say that guy that does the Stern, he, uh, if you follow him on Instagram, he does a great Jeff Goldblum as well. Like really good, really good impressionist. That's interesting what you say about Howard Stern. And let me just, I don't think he is the greatest disc jockey you ever lived. You know what I mean? The most famous. I think he's the most successful. Most famous. Yeah. Well, the, okay. Fan base no, no, I, no, like, I know. Say biggest fan base. No, but, but I know what you're saying, Fred. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, there are lots of announcers that were just as good, but no one has been more successful. So, right, yeah, you know, couldn't he have been named something else? Like, you know, so here I am, <laughs> humble Howard, trying to carve out a legacy in Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's such a poor second, second, whatever. But yeah, uh, remember, he was here first. Remember that. He was where first? Well, he was on the radio before you. Where? Hartford and uh, whatever. Like we're talking. No back way. Then. I was on the radio in nineteen. I was on the radio before Howard Stern. Nineteen seventy-seven yeah. was my first radio job. So wasn't it wasn't okay? I could be wrong. I thought he was like seventy-five. No. Okay. Um, oh, I don't know. Google it. Research it. Howard. I'll, search, I'll research it. But first, mm-hmm. I, can I get serious for a minute? Mm-hmm. It's uh, the holiday season here. I want to get serious. But, you, gonna, you want? Do you want some music in the background? Are you going to weep? <laughs> no, I'm not going to weep, but uh, it's sort of about something that I've heard you say, Howard, many times over the years. You would say, you never know what somebody is going through. Yes. So in my personal life, I recently had experience with like how curated and phony baloney uh, a celebrity's Instagram profile is, like how orchestrated and how basically there's no sense of reality in somebody's Instagram life compared to their real life. Like, sure. These are two completely different things. Okay. So uh, this is my, 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 my oldest daughter and my wife were really upset yesterday. And it's because somebody they love following on Instagram who had the perfect life, you know, the perfect family, loved to dance, just a wonderful man. And they love this guy and his Instagram persona. But yesterday news came out that this guy who goes by the name Twitch, mm. his name is actually Stephen Boss. 
And you guys might know him from You Think You Can uh, You Think You Can Dance. He was famous from that. And then he was Ellen's co-host until she ended her show like this past year. But Twitch took his own life. Mm-hmm. And I just want to let everybody know who's listening. Like, you know, you never know what somebody's going through. So be kind to each other because you don't know what people are grappling with. They only show you on Instagram this one side and there's uh, not necessarily any resemblance to reality there. See, that's where I knew him from. Uh, I didn't know the dancing thing because I used to like watching the beginning of Ellen because I loved the dancing entrance. I just did. I really did. And then I got to realize that he was the DJ on the show. Yep. Right? right. And it is 40 years old. You think he's got the world by the tail and the man takes his own life. It's it's like, uh, what's his head? The, the food guy. Anthony Bourdain. Bourdain. Hey, listen, there's been a lot of, you know, and a lot of comics uh, recently have, you know, committed suicide. But what you said there, Mike, you know, before there was Instagram, there were human beings who all do the same thing, which is we all curate the image that we want people to see. Mm-hmm. You know, I lost a guy I th- thought I knew, you know, 2016. I think it was 2016. You know, just a really great guy, seemed to have the world by the tail, very successful, lovely family, great golfer, you know, shows up suicided. Mm-hmm, and, right. and that wasn't an image that was created online. It was an image that we all, a person we thought we knew, listen, we could talk Marty Streak, we could talk a lot of people. Robin Williams? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you never know what people are going through, so, you know, err on the side of kindness. I mean, he had to, you know, again, uh, it doesn't matter because what's going on in your mental health, you at some point come to a conclusion that this world, and this is what you believe to be true. This world is better off without me. My kids are better off without me. My wife is better off without me. And once you kind of bought into that, then mm-hmm. you can see how easily you could uh, put a bullet in your brain and say goodbye. Yeah, man. Well, I don't know this person at all. I, I do remember the when the Ellen show first started, I enjoyed that. And she'd come dancing in there. It's very cute. I've always loved it. Speaking of comics I loved, I've always loved stand-up of Ellen DeGeneres. She's brilliant. But isn't that interesting you say be kind to each other? Almost the demise of that show really was initiated by uh, the revelations that she was not mm. kind to her staff. She was not kind to others, that's for sure. She'd go in there every day and derringer the fuck out of people. Yeah. She's not good to her people the way <laughs> Humble and Fred are good to their staff. Okay? She, she would come so in and just go derringer on everybody. <laughs> ah, these golf clubs are mine. <laughs> fuck. Mike, sorry, Mike. Mike. Uh, you want to be serious, Mike. Mike's, Mike's recovery. Serious, Mike. I, don't, I don't want any honey peas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they, no, they were, they were being. I'm sorry. You don't want any honey peas. What? Taking their own life. I want. To yes, know we know. No, they can always reach okay. out by email to Humble and Fred, and Humble and Fred okay, will talk Mike, to them 24 seven. Mike Howard will be right over to your house in exactly. <laughs> but Mike, you just have to understand. Just never step in front of the Humble and Fred inappropriate comedy train, please. Okay, you want me to call you Toronto, Mike? Don't step on the funny. Um, let's get uh, Brett Tanner in here uh, because he's uh, showed up. Oh, shit. Right, so Wait. Peace out. No, don't peace, peace out. Thanks, Mike. Don't Hold peace on. Out. We want to talk to you afterwards. Yes, we have a... I'll uh, you... turn off the camera and I'll come back. But now he's... I think he's having... Michael, don't go. Michael, don't go. How is your COVID, by the way? I feel good. Good, because you sound better than you did a couple days ago, which oh, I... Oh, I sounded like a bag of shit last yeah, Thursday. Yeah. But he as was... As normal. I saw him um, attempting to... Uh, okay, I'll just send him a note and say, try again, dude. Yeah, be patient with the man. Uh, maybe he's struggling with uh, a Zoom update or something. That trips up a few people. 
Um, I'll just say still waiting for you. We don't give up Try. on our friends like Brad Tanner. We're there well, for Well, them. let's fill some time. Have you had good Brussels sprouts lately, Mike? Yeah, what's your Brussels sprouts experience? <laughs> <laughs> I love the content on Humble and Fred. You never know what you're going to get. It could be about, like, uh, you know, what pair of gloves oh, yeah? you don't like wearing or whatever. It could be Brussels you're gonna, sprouts. You're going to hate oh, this. Oh, I job. remember that. That was a classic day when Howard described <laughs> what gloves are used for. <laughs> yeah, if you like the content, I, think you're, I don't think you're going to like this. I, so I knew this guy very well. That uh, took his own life. And it was one of those things where, you know, when you would talk about it, we all talked about it and would be like that. Everyone said, oh, you know, he'd be the last guy. That was this thing. The last guy you'd ever expect. And I remember thinking to myself, if I ever did that, people would be like, yeah, that's about right. (laughs) Sounds about right. (laughs) Yeah, that's. So think about it. No, let me finish, Mike. I didn't know there was more. I thought that was it. It's more, buddy. So my joke was, people would say, that's about right. And the next people would say, what took him so long? <laughs> See, that's it's two. There's a, a, there's a setup, a punchline, and then there's a tag. I'm this close to McDermottine on you guys. Yeah, I know. I've, we've really traumatized you today. Yeah. Um, well, I've just sent him a note, Brett Tanner, to see if he'll <laughs> pop back in. Yeah, if he was going to do it, why fuck did he wait so <laughs> That's right. Just like, just like the feelings. Oh, that could hey, did you say. hear that? Uh, hear Howard killed himself? Yeah, he, he, I, I thought he did that years ago. <laughs> he did it years ago. Ooh. Oh, fuck. See, Mike wants no part of this because he's a I mean, journalist. Mm. Look at him. Would you? Oh, here comes Brad Tanner. Okay, everyone stop the nonsense. Right, stop the nonsense. Here comes Brad Okay, Mike, just uh, give us a couple minutes. And if you want to go away and pop back in when we're done, I guess he's gone. Brett Tanner, one of the most anticipated interviews uh, we've ever had with Brett. I think he's having trouble with his Zoom. Brett Tanner, there he is. There we go. Buddy, I'm so looking forward to seeing you today. I'm so sorry. I've never done that. (laughs) It's okay. We're all getting old, dude. Uh, no, no, I just, uh, I, I think I put it in the wrong day in my thing and, uh, I got up, I was on a call and then, uh, I saw, uh, Mike's note and I was like, shit. <laughs> That's all right. Listen, man, Toronto Mike is on it and, uh, I'm, I just sent you a note well as well. So ignore it. Now, obviously one of the, one of the most anticipated visits with you because, uh, as you and I have been corresponding, this is Brett Tanner, uh, the chamber plan and, uh, Tanner financial how long have you actually been, um, I don't even what you're curating the chamber plan, representing them. How long have you been involved with them? Uh, 25 years now. Um, first, uh, first 12 or 13 as a sales uh, advisor for them. And then uh, the last uh, 12 or so as the uh, regional director. So let me start by saying Rod Johnson is our agent. Is that what he is, our agent? He's a great. Yeah, yeah that would be right. And he's the best. And I've talked to Rod. I spoke to him when I was in Mexico. I spoke to him when I was in Phoenix. I speak to him here. Dave White is our friend who turned us on to this plan. And Rod was our guy. And Rod's been helping me out. But I I sent you some notes because one of the things that's come up in terms of my recent incident in Mexico is, you know, basically coverage. A lot of guys our age. This is why we thought the chamber plan was so perfect for our show because... A lot of people, 55 to 75, thinking about traveling. So maybe I'll have you take it from here now 
and just talk about, you know, you know what happened to me, and then we'll, you talk about how the plan covers people, and then I have some questions at the end. Perfect. Um, yeah, I think one of the, the biggest things, um, you know, people often have a benefit plan. They don't realize, actually, that it covers travel coverage. We get a lot of calls from somebody, hey, am I covered if I travel? And, um, of course, uh, on, on our program, you are. And on most group plans, actually, you have, you know, certain levels of coverage. Um, the, the, you know, the one mistake some people will make is they'll travel and they'll just assume because they, they've got something on a credit card that says they have some travel coverage that it's going to cut it. But it's it's not. I mean, you could have a one or two hundred thousand dollar bill uh, in, a, in a heartbeat uh, in, in another country. And uh, if you had a pre-existing condition, those credit card type programs typically don't pay. So if you already had high blood pressure, for example, or were on a cholesterol blocker or something, and um, you had, you know, a heart, ex- heart issue in Mexico, and, and, and you know, they, they came back and said, okay, well, you know, it's, um, it's 100 grand for us to do this minor, you know, tweak here and, you know, put you in the hospital for a couple of days, and um, all of a sudden, people are scrambling to figure out how to pay for it. So, um it's 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 good to know what you have. So I, I regardless of who your carrier is, you should always check with your advisor to make sure there's no pre-exes on your on your travel coverage because that's kind of important. Uh, so you know before you go away. Um, one of the great things about the chamber plan is there there's no limit on coverage. Um, uh, there's no um, there's no pre-ex, so, so no pre-existing conditions uh, uh, preclude you from from coverage. And there's no uh, what some will call a stability clause, which means you have to go a certain period of time um, that where you're stable before you're able to travel. And stability is in the wording of the insurer. And some sometimes it's you haven't had a change in conditions. Sometimes just a change in med will will make you not stable in their eyes. So you've got to really check on sort of some of those things. We don't have any of those sort of um, issues with our program. Obviously, if it, if a doctor tells you not to travel, then you know, that, uh, like you, you shouldn't. Well, Brett, um, right. if I could just break in there with a question: If a doctor said you shouldn't travel, and you did, could then the uh, carrier dispute your claim? Should they find that out? Sure, and and they'd be well within their rights. But how I mean, would they ever find that out if you you know if you went somewhere and and they you know you had the service and you came back, then they pay for it. What do they do? They, do they investigate? Well, they, they, They'll be able to access medical records before they make a payment on a claim. And uh, certainly um, if it's in there that the doctor said, hey, you shouldn't go. I mean, we've had situations uh, I've seen in the industry where people plan a surgery in another country and just kind of go there and say, oh, wait, I fell. I'm going to get my knee replaced or or something. And, and they just want to get it done somewhere else. And, um, you know, the, obviously they check the history and realize that, no, you know, this was... <laughs> this was kind of a preordained thing. It's not an out of trunk and out of country claims are emergency health claims. Right. So yeah. the kind the, that I've had. The principal had. thing there is there for emergencies. There for something that happens to you out of the normal, not not a you know, a regular massage or or this or that, but uh and then they cover minor things like you know, you you're in you're in the States with the kids at Disneyland and you know, one of the, one of the kids gets a, gets a flu bug or COVID or something, and you've got to go to a walk-in you know, they'll cover those kind of things for sure, because that's out of the ordinary. It's something that's happened while you were there, but they're, they're not going to cover something where um, uh, you know, you, you have a a situation where the doctor said, you, you, you you know, this this is a real problem. You, You shouldn't go anywhere until you get this, 
looked after. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, common sense has to weigh in at some point. Yeah, that, it's interesting because you think, why would anyone do that if your doctor says, don't go away? And you do, which is pretty, you know, radical. But, you know, there's probably people that think, again, what you said, uh, Brett, that, you know, you, f- you hear that the hospitals in Mexico are fantastic. So I'm going to go anyway, because if there's a problem, I might get great care anyway. So, well, and you sent me a note, Brett. I'm not sure if about somebody that basically, you know, wanted to get a knee replacement or something. Thought, mm-hmm. hey, you know, I'm I'll just travel and oh, my knee needs replacing, you know, I mm-hmm. mean, it, there are pre-existing conditions that would be obvious. Yeah. Um, and I, before we get to my questions about my particular issue, these are really good coverages. Why don't you tell everyone the length of trips and the ages that are covered? Yeah, so on, on our program, basically up to six months until you're um, essentially uh, 65, and then it, it, it goes down from there. So up to age 70 is 90, 90 days, up to age 75 is 60 days, and up to age 80 is, is 30 days. And, you know, part of that is just to sort of um, limit the sort of snowbird effect. And, and uh, um, you know, the reality is if somebody's in Florida for six months of the year, are they actively working, you know, and would they qualify for a group plan under under that sort of rule? Right. And it's getting grayer because, I mean, certainly more people can work remotely than they could before. So, I'm sure there'll be some evolution on that uh, side of things as the industry moves forward. Um, but, uh, I mean, a lot of plans didn't uh, provide travel coverage to past 65 up till maybe 10 or 15 years ago. So, really? You know, a lot of those things are evolving because people don't retire at 65 anymore. Um, you've, you've explained what credit card trouble, what credit card travel coverage doesn't do. What does it mean when you say you might want to talk about topping up? What does that mean? Well, um, if somebody is 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 assuming that their, their credit card coverage is going to cover them, then oh, I see. They've, if they're not using the chamber plan, they have to top up or get some other like. Yeah, uh, they, they should yeah, buy yeah. another okay. program. Yeah, and, like and blue. Even, cr- yeah, I get you. Even yeah, with even with uh, sort of some of the retiree programs that are out there, sometimes they have a stability clause. If you know you've had a change, mm-hmm. um, then you should go and get get something topped up. If, if you've got our program, for example, and you're and you're 75 and you're going away for 90 days, okay, the plan will cover you for the first uh, bit, and then you need to buy top-up to cover yourself for the rest of the trip. Got so, it. Um, the, the travel coverage is still usable even though you're going away longer. You just buy a shorter top-up period. Okay, well, go ahead. Plus, Phil. one other thing, you know, you, you put her age 80, 30 days, but you could go away for 30 days, come home for a few days, and then go again for 30 days, right? Yeah, it's per trip. Okay. So, um, I mean, there, there's rules around uh, your provincial coverage, too. So, so you know, the six-month thing per trip, obviously, if somebody's gone more than six months, they've got other problems because right. the, the provincial coverage will start to fall off if they don't meet certain criteria there. Mm-hmm. So, to my particular situation, and that's why I asked if you had time just to hang around for a couple minutes after, uh, plus, Freddie and I have a little uh, surprise for you. Um, but basically, a lot. It's it's honestly, I've been, I've been home for Two and a half, we almost three weeks. I've been asked thirty times uh, how. First of all, how could I go back? Because I'm thinking of going back. I'm thinking of going away again. You know, and I've talked to my doctor. I've got a doctor's report, etc. And now you've explained that because 
I'm considered stable, not mentally, of course. I know everyone's got the same joke. But I'm considered (laughs) physically stable because my doctors basically, as you saw, I sent you all the report. He doesn't need to see me again for six months. Is that uh, and and again, there's some stuff that we can talk about off the air, but this is a great example of I've used the coverage twice, once in Mexico, uh, Phoenix three years ago, and only for 24 hours in Mexico, because that's all I was. I was in the hospital for overnight. So that the, the plan paid for that. So I can't imagine I'd have any trouble if I had to go back and there was another incident because it's not like I made a huge, outrageous claim. No, and, and um, I mean... I, I always go back to the common sense part. If somebody's uh, had an issue and they were away and they come back and, and they're still sort of having the issue and they go back down, that's probably not a sensible thing to be doing in, in the first place. And, and you know, that's that's where you start to get into the gray area with whether they'll cover you, whether you have a pre-ex or not. It, 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 it's if you've got an ongoing condition that hasn't been resolved, then certainly, you know, but when you're in a situation where it's been resolved, your doctor says, hey, you're, you're good to go. We'll, we'll see you in six months or whenever your, you know, uh, your next appointment would be. Well, then you're, you're good to go. And your, your travel coverage will be back in, you know, full, full, uh, full Monty. As it were. Uh, and, and to your point about if I had to, uh, if I didn't have the plan and I did what most people do, they apply for Blue Cross or whatever. I don't know that I'd get past the smell test with them, having had a recent incident and having had a cardiology follow-up and, 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 you know? Well, actually, um, what's kind of interesting is the, the aftermarket travel top-up um, uh, products uh, have evolved pretty, pretty much as well. So some of them will provide coverage with existing conditions um, they just surcharge it, so they charge right. more. So you know they they do the calculation. Okay, the risk is higher. So in you know instead of this being five hundred bucks for for two weeks, it's going to be twenty five hundred bucks. Got and it. And people can decide. I mean, I had a I had a client years ago that uh, was was past seventy five and had cancer and and wanted to go away, and we we still covered them for for thirty days. They were going for sixty, and you think with active cancer and you know mm-hmm. real health issues that. Uh, um, they wouldn't be able to get coverage, but they were. Um, it was it was really expensive. Like I think it was around five or ten grand for the month. Um, but um, at the end of the day, they they felt that was worth it because you know they wanted to spend that time down there. Got it. And this could be so important because there's a lot of people without coverage, even some minor, maybe like high blood pressure over sixty five. Some people simply can't travel because they can't afford the insurance but I, yeah. I mean it's that severe mm-hmm. it, it, it can be and and um but but you know the financial risk of going down without coverage is just no it's, it's absurd large and, you, know, <clears throat> you know obviously the the largest destination for canadians is the u.s and mm-hmm. if you look at the cost of getting things done in the u.s i mean um uh you know we we had a client that um had a contusion from 40 years earlier in his life and it suddenly, you know, caused some swelling in the brain when he was, you know, uh, down south. And uh, by the time they did some surgery to relieve the pressure and flew him back home and uh, all those kind of things, it was it was a a million bucks. Wow. Um, So, 
you know, these these things, uh, they could financially cripple someone if they didn't spend the two grand for the coverage. Yeah, I'll tell you, Brett, I've talked this very freely on the show that the chamber plan in Phoenix saved me a couple hundred thousand dollars. Let's quickly uh, wrap this up because uh, we want to we don't want to take too much more of your time. Just just let people know if you're on the chamber plan uh, and the year end use of limits. I'm not even sure what that means. Most benefits are calendar year. Yeah, with with a lot of programs, and and I would say this to anybody who's got a plan, with, whether it be with us or somewhere else, but if they if they see in their booklet that their coverage is calendar year, obviously, um, if if they have some work to be done and they haven't used their limits, um, um, you, you know, it's 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 not necessarily good for the claims experience of the firm, but it's it you know it, it it's something that they they should do if if they've got to get something done uh before the end of the year okay obviously you know jan jan one then is is a fresh calendar year for a lot of people so um we always see a little blip in benefits in december because people do catch up uh or or sort of try to max out their you know you, you get people that have four massages because they haven't used them <laughs> right. all year right, it's yeah. like i'm gonna get my money massaged out <laughs> uh listen man i um thank you very much i and, and thanks for being so uh responsive to all the questions i sent you this week but i i still have just one more but when we're done and i'll say i want you to hang around uh can you can you have another five minutes yeah okay sure. we're gonna uh, get toronto mike back here who is going to just give us a quick preview of next week's offerings toronto mike and of course uh, when are you wrapping up uh, your podcast for the uh season we don't have a season over here at tmds it just kind of keeps going just so goes and flows some, uh, man Christmas crackers of uh, Retro Ontario. There's a Festivus episode coming up. There's toast on uh, Tuesday, I think. So, Amazing. yeah, lots of fun going on. Uh, next week, we have uh, quite a lineup. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Thursday's the uh, big uh, last show of the year uh, featuring, I've already mentioned, Stephen Page will be here. Ryan uh, McCallum's sister. She's a wonderful artist. <laughs> I can't remember her name. That's how she wants to be. Uh, and uh, what about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? We're doing shows. Tuesday is the monthly appearance by uh, Jeff Lumby. Nice. Mm-hmm. So we'll hear from. By the way, France is in the World Cup finals. So yeah. By then, we'll know whether because the match is on Sunday. We'll know whether they won or not, and what happened in that country. Yeah. <laughs> Doctor Uchi Ojiatu. Doctor Uchi Odiatu, longtime Humble and Fred co- contributor. He's a dentist and a fit speaker. He goes around the world uh, teaching people how not to be gooey. So he's our guest. Great to hear from him again, yes. Too late. (laughs) Brad's like, too late for all of us. And uh, Michael, who's on Wednesday before we do our uh, extravaganza on Thursday? That was Wednesday. Okay, sorry. We don't do guests on Monday. So uh, Jeff Tuesday. Okay. uh, Dr. Uchi on Wednesday. And then Thursday, I won't name all the names, except it's going to be frenetic and fun. And you're going to see some uh, regulars. And, of course, you mentioned Stephen Page will sing us... uh, Sing for us at the end of the uh, Christmas show or holiday show or festive show. And uh, T.O.M., I just uh, saw, I hadn't looked at the actual calendar until yesterday. I see that it looks like a special guest from his honor, the mayor of this township, John Tory, will be with us. Yeah, he's had three different time slots so far. So we've, we've settled on uh, at 8 a.m. and uh, I'm hoping it stays there because... Uh, well, we'll I'm, throw him on whenever he shows up. But yeah, he's going he's gonna to zoom in. Okay. Thanks to uh, Brett Tanner, the Chamber Plan, for so many reasons. Uh, Freddie P., great uh, Brussels sprout uh, conversation. <laughs> yes, very good. Very good. 
Yes. Uh, don't, will, don't try to replicate that. You won't be able to. Oh, no. I mean, I tried twice. And uh, Dan Duran will return on Monday with the news. In the meantime... This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, and our newest sponsor, Kelsey's, Canada's original roadhouse since 1978. We read all of our emails. Some make it to the Thursday show. Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. Liking and subscribing helps out the show. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Durant. And remember, love your fellow person. Except if they're that asshole driver that cut me off yesterday in his Porsche SUV. Best of the season to you. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, you didn't hear that last part of Dan Durant. But it was very funny. Okay. Now we have to go.